the Needles, Guns, and Chalk podcast. Watch your ears on the intro, bro. This is old school. I don't think there's any chance of us getting pulled for old shit. Yeah, like that's why I figured we're safe with this old shit. Yeah. iTunes even forgot about it. Like, what the hell? <laughs> it's not even in the algorithm. Yeah. Oh shit, we forgot to tell Mario that we're recording at 6, huh? Oh, it's going Mario. See you at 7. I'll see you when you get here, Mario. Is he off today? Yeah. Needles, guns, and chalk. Episode number, Jerry. 105. 105. Nothing changed, guy. We did it. 105. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought 105 was last last week. Oh, maybe. 106. <laughs> Jerry even sounds better today. Yeah, he he's looks the, better. He's he looks, at 100. He looks 105 times better. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> I got my cowboy on last night. Oh, oh you're, yeah. yeah, you guys are at the BI. Yeah, Brandon Iron, dude. That place has not changed one you bit. Go, you went down there, too? Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, dude. It was my sister's birthday. Hey, thanks for the invite. Yeah, no problem, yeah, dude. Yeah, cool. I Facebook Live and said, come down. let <laughs> yeah. check it out. So we're, we do a Facebook Live and uh, on the NGC page, and Aaron Mathia yeah. Oh, yeah. sees it. And he's like, on my way. And I'm like, ha. Ah. Two seconds later, boom. boom, very, very sneaky. was right there, dude. He likes to party, dude. He, <laughs> he doesn't to play, party. dude. Yeah. Brought his wife. Dude, I think, he's, I think he's I think our number one fan. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. for sure, dude. I think we got to, I hooked him up a shirt at the show. I oh, think we got to hook him up more. Yeah, yeah. So are you, you're a OG Brandon Iron guy. Back in the day, yeah. Do you know all the line dances and shit? I used to. You got to see my brother-in-law do that shit. He makes oh. it look so good, dude. And, dude, uh, I remember back in the day, he's a, he's a good dancer. Dude. John makes country dancing look gangster he's somehow. Like, he's like an urban cowboy. It's not like it's he's, not like. You know what it is? He's like he's uh, got a really good shake for a white kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dude, he, he holds his own. You know yeah. when you see those uh, those gay dudes out on the floor, they get like extra extra on the dance. Oh that's yeah, him. that's him. That's exactly. Him. He, he was uh, in a very masculine way though. It's weird. Yeah, he's not. A, he's not <laughs> like, you shouldn't be moving like that, but it's. Awesome. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's oh. not a gay. He's you not can't a gay. even hate on it. You're just yeah. like Jesus. Yeah, you dude. just admire he's the best it one on the dance. Exactly. Was he, was he wearing his hat? <laughs> no. No. Nope. He dressed normal. Uh, the funny part was he um, he had like dock shoes on or something. Yeah. Like he was gonna go sailing. One weird. of his one of his best friends is this black guy. He just got married, and had a bunch of groomsmen. John being one of them. Everybody was a brother except for John, right? And John's he's like, the, wait, he's the it's token. So, it's so funny. That he's the token white friend. <laughs> And you see, like, the wedding pictures, and it's just, all you see is John, dude. <laughs> he looks, it's just like he looks so out of place, yeah. but in place at the same time. It's well, weird. Dude, at the wedding, everyone lo- fell in love with John because the dance floor came, and white boy went out there, and it was oh, a whole lot of, oh, soul. Oh, damn. You know, he went out there and handled business, dude. Uh-oh, what did I, you guys do this I week? feel an NGC uh, cowboy hat coming on, huh? <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> what did you guys do this weekend? Oh man, I just uh, I just relaxed and uh, went to a pool party on 
last night. Oh, just yeah? Did, uh, just relax. I didn't do nothing. What did you think of the live show, dude? We didn't even get a chance to talk about it yet. I know. We need that to talk so about that fun. thing. It was crazy. Dude, it was, it was so crazy. Fun. I'm trying to think, do we hate Steezy or do we love him? Because we did a lot of stuff to him. Yeah, we did, dude. Steezy was... MVP for sure. Yeah. He's always MVP. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We, we got to double mic it. If, if Ben's going to come to the to the next live show, we got to have Steezy and Ben, and it'll create a competitiveness between them. Oh, my gosh. Oh, who knows what'll happen. Oh, dude, oh, it'll dude. get crazy. We might end up getting stapled. <laughs> <laughs> they're probably going to think They're going to take the staples yeah. and chase them. Ben Ben's going to get in Steezy's head and be like, no, nah, dude, yeah. we're turning on the, we're turning yeah. on the yeah. team. Yeah. They're going to staple <laughs> me to dudes. a fucking wall, dude. I feel it. Then throw darts at me. <laughs> oh, no. Fuck these dudes, go pin yeah. them down. It was just crazy how how everybody participated, man. Because it was a slow crowd because it was so hot. And we're like, damn, this isn't a good turnout. As the show, yeah. as it got later, though, the, it was a great turnout. And who brought Mo? I do. Big Mo. There was a dude there probably seven I think, feet I don't tall. think anybody brought Mo. Yeah. Mo brought Mo. Yeah. 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 His yeah. name's Little Mo, but he's Big Mo. He's huge. Big Mo. Oh, Big Mo. Little, little Mo was his sister. Oh, yeah, she's oh not little shit. Either. No, yeah. So oh Big God. Mo made Steezy look tiny. Yes. And, yeah. and no hesitation, ripped yeah. off his shirt. Yeah. Him and Steezy buddied up real quick. He must have chugged 25 beers through all the competitions, man. Yeah, he was still standing yeah. while Steezy's throwing up in my car. Oh, is that what happened? <laughs> yeah. he, he didn't make it? No. <laughs> oh, my God. A lot went on, man. Dude, it was crazy. I, I think the, the crazy thing of the night is how I found before we started recording. Oh, my recording God. That, that was uh, an MVP find, by the yeah. way. Yeah. So uh, I don't know if you saw any of the live videos, Chris, but I... Just before we get ready to start recording, Eric's out there talking to a family yeah. of people. A family, and the dad's talking to me about. Because uh, we had an episode here, we're spinning this wheel and we're waxing, it, getting waxed. Mm -hmm. And he goes, uh, <laughs> he goes, he goes, you guys should have waxed a butthole. And I said, nobody wanted their butthole out for everyone to see. And he goes, that's not a big deal. My wife waxes my butthole all the time. And I'm talking to her, and she goes, yeah, yeah. And then the son is sitting there. He's what, 19? Yeah. And he goes, yeah, she waxes my butthole too. What? And we're like, stop. Record talking. stop. I said, I said, Stop talking. I said, don't tell me anymore right now. Let me wait <laughs> and uh, yeah, he just he says he goes in and he kind of like bends over the tub, spreads them, and she just freaking his, so mom, his mom rips it. So his her. mom waxes, waxes his, his asshole. Yes, yeah. and not only that, he's nineteen. He's a, he's a handsome kid. Comes on the comes on the show at a live event with a hundred people there that he doesn't know in a backyard <laughs> that he doesn't know and just owns it. Happy yeah. and shit. Happy so as hell. Sure do. He posed. Mommy, come wax my ass again. He posed. I mean, I shaved my asshole. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he poses in front of the crowd. We wanted to know like how it goes down. He's like, this is how it goes, and went out, and got on all fours, and then his <laughs> girlfriend. I know his girlfriend's mom. Oh my gosh. His girlfriend's mom is one of our friends. She goes to the same. Her kids go to the same school as my kids, <laughs> and she saw me the next day, dude. And she was like, "How do I download your show?" And I'm like, "Oh, oh shit!" <laughs> Oh, and no. I sent her the link, and oh, oh, be easy. Apparently, he's not going to get invited to dinner again. No, but she was actually thought it was hilarious because because oh. we did we hit him. She's like, when you guys, she's like, I was listening to it with my husband, the the daughter's dad. And you guys started asking about sex, and what does your girlfriend think of your oh, asshole? Oh, dude. And he, and she's like, he got lucky that he answered those correct. Oh. My husband was going to murk him, dude. Oh, At least he's clean, man. At least yeah, he's clean. exactly. I just man. always, I just thought there was something weird about. It. You and your dad side by side, we sharing a beer, yeah. <laughs> and your mom's running behind you with the fucking wax. <laughs> mom yeah. was a soldier, though, dude. She, she was, was cool. Man. Yeah, she's looking Actually, out. She, she owned it, too. She's like, yeah, I do. Oh, the whole family owned it. <laughs> yeah, like it was no big deal. There was not even an embarrassment I'll to tell it. You, that no. shit didn't you mean you wouldn't shave no. your kids? No. No. <laughs> no. There was no age limit, too. She goes, I'll wax as long as he needs me to. Yeah. yeah. Uh, when like, he gets oh. married, I'll stop. I feel, huh? another, yeah. I feel yeah. another bit coming on with her, dude. Oh, my God. <laughs> 
Okay. Oh, yeah. So who's gonna who's gonna have her wax her asshole? Or hey, I feel another. <laughs> I'll do it. I feel another bick coming on with her. <laughs> the thing, oh Donnie, thing, Donnie, you can't have a boner while she does it. Dude. I know, man. I'll have to hide it. Uh, <laughs> just, hey, well, meanwhile, just tuck he's it let, up. meanwhile he's letting it grow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but dude, how good is our brew? Dude, that was people, all man, love, man. And they are cool. They rolled out the red carpet, brewed our own beer. The wife, dude, actually went out of her way to put the hops in the beer. The initials made NGC, so it was like a, a hops brand. that yeah, three, or, It was like three different kinds of hops. Yeah, mm-hmm. and one was started with an N, one started with a G, one with a C. Oh. And then they put our logo on the tap. And, yeah. we, had, and we had stickers. Yeah. They, they made stickers they for made us. They made stickers. The freaking tat, or the cake sold out it was, um, in 30 minutes or something. Yeah. I see and more of those ones really going on. Fucking Everybody good. said it was fantastic. Yeah. And they might, they might get their own place, so that might be the last spot there Yeah, that time. Yeah, well, you guys are, try are to get the grand opening. Oh, oh yeah, for ooh, sure. It's on, yeah. Yeah, dude, they're, they're just, they just know how to do it right, man. They yeah, were not yeah. messing around. They're good people, too. Yeah. And, and the Big tacos? shout out to our brew. Oh, the taco. You taco know what Slayer. I found out? Remember how I always talk about Juanito's Tacos down here? Yeah. My, my little spot next to the Thai uh-huh. place? That's where they get their meat from, bro. Oh. If you looked at their business card, it said meat powered by Juanito's Tacos. I'm like, oh, shit. It's linked. I didn't even eat it, dude. Did, were they bombed? They were bombed, dude. They were bombed. Oh. So than- it was all love. Tacos. They had food, beer, games. They just let us go in there and do hey, our thing. How is it? Okay, it's 105 degrees. Steezy's 350 pounds, sweating his balls off. And we never find a shortage of women willing to suck fireball off of his titties. That was absolutely disgusting. That was crazy. Right? And then now we're out of his belly button. And then Eric, was it you that stepped it up and said, "Lay on your back"? Yeah. And, and then we started doing. pouring, I don't know, eight ounce shots out of his belly button. And dudes were drinking it out too. There was a there. Little Trenton came up and yeah, sucked the shot, dude. Little Trenton was a little drunk. He's a soldier, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh. <laughs> easy, man. He was armed behind his head, just yeah, loving dude, it. Dude, he owned it, and and he could have got with that little cute girl. Oh yeah. The one that came up to dance with him, uh-huh. she was feeling him, dude. Yeah. And well, he didn't close. Well, guess what? What? Remember the girls that came on and they're telling the yes. story about this bitch? Yes. She is going to be Steezy's date for the Halloween party. No she way. wants some of that, dude. Are you yes. serious? She was all into Steezy going, this dude is fun. She's cute, Probably too. Probably she wants to Vanessa, punish right? No. They're, they're, it's on. They're a date. She's a soldier, bro. Yeah. I was talking yeah. to her after the show a yeah. little bit. I'm like, yeah. damn, that, She's that coming down for the big Halloween show. And, and she was down. She, she came up on, date. they had no hesitation getting yeah. up there and, and telling funny, uh, embarrassing-ass stories. It was like good, pulling teeth in the beginning. Huh? It was like pulling teeth with people in the beginning of the oh, show. Oh, yeah. But then once everyone started admitting to their shit, then yeah. everyone yeah. Was yeah. It was like Steezy broke the ice. When he started stapling, his, and then a line forms immediately. Because all he all Steezy's deal was to take a staple to the gut to get Jerry to forgive him. Yeah, okay. So for people that weren't there, this is exactly how it went down. <laughs> Steezy's there. There's a line, and they're just passing the staple gun. Not a regular staple, you <laughs> staple papers. This yeah. is like Home Depot shit. They're passing it, and they're with money, 20s. And they're just taking turns stapling dollars on him like it's a lap dance. Yeah. I mean, they, yeah. he must have had 160 bucks in oh, cash. The guy, the guy that guts. lifted up his titty and then stapled oh. it underneath. Oh, oh that, that was, was the worst one. So Steezy's titty's hanging. <laughs> he lifts the titty, goes under boot, picture under, under boot, yeah. and then a lot of pressure with the staple gun. Pa-pow. Oh, with my an God. industrial stapler. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Like... How many inches? No, we, we, we went, we went oh, and it was going to be half inch, but like, it went quarter inch. Yeah. So it wasn't super crazy, but the sound. We probably, yeah. We probably went through, bo- we went through a box. I hope yeah. he has a tetanus shot. Yeah, no shit, man. It was brutal. Yeah. You want to introduce our guest, brother? We have uh, Chris Albert is in the house. What's Chris going on? Albert. And uh, um, a lot of people probably even probably know him or heard of him because he's pretty famous. 
Not really. <laughs> but, uh, I'll just uh, tell how I know him, and then uh, he can kind of introduce himself and his history. But, uh, gosh, what was it, maybe five or six years ago? Um, yeah. My brother uh, met Chris and basically moved his RV into the back of the gym that they just opened, which is... Your Metro- brother did? Yeah. It was Metroflex in Long Beach. Yeah. And so... Basically, my brother moves into that. At first, he moved into an apartment yeah. and, was, and was saying, hey, I want to do something different. And Chris says, hey, dude, um, it's like two and a half or three months till this natural bodybuilding competition. My brother was fat as shit, but kind of like me. Yeah. And uh, Weird. He, so he says, hey, let me build you a program for exercise and diet. And uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take you all the way down, and you're going to enter a natural bodybuilding competition. So basically, my brother lived at the gym. And, I mean, my brother wouldn't fart unless Chris told him to, kind of, you know? Yeah. So what, how did he get motivated? So for four months... You got to get on mic, dude. Four months, he literally lived in an RV in the back parking lot of the gym. And then I wrote him out a diet. The only supplies he got were supplies that went into the diet that I wrote for him. And, like, it was pretty psycho because I was a little bit different with nutrition back then. And he was literally living off of a diet of codfish, vegetables, chicken... What was your motivation to do it? Um, we just opened up this gym. Oh, so you, had a, you were yeah, ready it, to roll. It, it's pretty famous now. It's called Metroflex Gym in Long Beach. And, yeah. And a lot of like... Oh, so you were like, one of the owners of that place? Yeah, I was one of the guys who founded it. Yeah. So uh, guys like Mike Rashid, C.T. Fletcher, they all came out of there. Yeah. I was their nutrition coach for a while. Uh, but prior to that, I worked with Nate. And uh, mainly I was just trying to get some success stories out there. And, and we some got before help. and afters? I mean, literally, if you look at the before and after, it's up on Facebook somewhere. Yeah. I mean, this dude had, like, a pregnant beer belly. And then he went from that. Four months later, he had a six-pack. Was on stage. In four, four months? months? Yeah. Come on, hold my gun in. Yeah. One goal that uh, yeah, he, he won uh, the competition. competition. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, people, when I published that, people were like, that's got to be fake. That's got to be fake. Yeah. I mean, but the dude literally for four months was just living off it. Of, I mean, he smelled like codfish. Really? He, yep. So he, how, how, how much work was he doing to get to in a four-month thing like that? I mean, I killed him. Like, I killed him a lot in the gym. He was yeah. putting a lot of work. Was he working at the time, too? No. No. He no. just dedicated he four months? He dedicated four he, months of his life. And uh, I remember talking to him on the phone. He would call me, like, middle of the day. In tears. Just, but no, but just, like... The ups and downs, <laughs> uh, mentally, like the like depression, and and I'd have to like talk him out of it. Like Nathan, you committed to this, you're going. He says, "Oh, I'm doing it, I'm doing it." He says, but he said that he gets like, uh, um, he he'd have to go into the gym and work out to like get his mind off of the crazy. And as soon as he went back into the RV, he'd go back into crazy mode, like because of just the same. What food. was his motivation to do it? Because well, that's a fucking pretty so drastic they were life fil- change. They were filming everything, and it, he had m- motivation was to do. Um, like a documentary to show it all. Yeah. Um, but then after it was all done, I think he kind of like lost the motivation. The guy was supposed to help him put it all together, flaked on him, and then it just kind of uh, like fell through. But because uh. he was video diarying all this shit, all the craziness, everything, all his workouts. So all he has all that footage and he didn't use it. Yeah, he still has. Uh, it all there's around. there's Fuck. like a, a, a there's like a, a time lapse photo of him where it just goes on a long strip and you see it all the way week by week by week mm-hmm. took pictures. And like literally, like the dude, complete transformation, complete. Total was transformation. it the most? Was it your proudest uh, person that you've it's trained? It's one of them. Yeah. yeah, one of them. One of them with the most complete. Tra- I mean, I I like training everybody. I yeah, mean, I've, I've I've coached a lot of people, but probably one of my most memorable. Yeah. Because it just showed like if a person, you literally dedicate your time. Yeah. To doing something, you put your mind to it, and you get rid of distractions. Yeah. And you 
you, you do what somebody's telling you to do yeah. and you humble yourself like that, then you can make massive, massive changes. In four months. Four that months. That is right. I'm telling you, he got gold. Like, it's like not just stepped on stage in a Speedo, you know, yeah. slow and fat. And, you know, he was a strong dude to begin with. I mean, I think he was deadlifting 600 pounds in, like, high school or something yeah. like Jesus. that. Jesus. So he had a foundation. But, yeah. Yeah. So, dude, how did so you were one of the founders of this big, successful gym. Yep. How did you even get into that? What, what brought you into that field? Oh, shit, man. Uh, this is a long story, but I was, uh, I was in the Marine Corps, and I had gotten out, and I was literally trying to figure out what the hell my life would be like. So yeah. I'm from Connecticut originally, and back in the town I was from, I got, I mean, I was drinking fucking six, seven nights a week. Like yeah, literally drinking my face. You say it like it's not like that's not normal. No, yeah. That's just what you do when you get out of the military. You just drink. <laughs> Eric's like, yeah. and I, I wasn't in the military. <laughs> and it wasn't only that. I mean, I was doing. I was just freaking. I mean, woman like crazy womanizing. I'm yeah, like, I'm talking like dating six, seven girls at a time. Like, uh-huh. all kinds of Wait. Shit. Wait a minute. <laughs> you're describing... Well, hey, no, I'm before, like, I'm like before, and... His before and picture is Eric. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you know what? Hey, now I got gold. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and like, uh, you know, I was, I was with this girl at the time, and I'd been with her for five years through all that. She was with me through my deployments. She was with me through... Through the womanizing, the alcohol, everything? Through the womanizing, alcoholism. Yeah. She left me. Right. Weird. The fuck is her problem? Yeah, what's wrong with you? Why bitch, wouldn't you want to? <laughs> Go fuck yourself. And so, uh, so she left me, and she she ended up marrying a dude who like I went to high school with. All that. oh, dude. And uh, did I, you love her? Yeah. No, no, is so this, was is this small town Connecticut too? It was Norwalk, Connecticut. So like we're about forty five minutes north of New York City. Everybody's like, I, I was pretty Guido back then. Yeah, like half Italian used to play that up. Yeah, but friggin' um. So you're 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 getting boozed out. You're taking her for granted. She's stuck with you through your deployments, and then she finally leaves and marries your best friend. So is that your not love? Not my best. Oh, friend, or one of your it friends? A, it was a friend. Like we played high high school football. Was it the guy that you just were like mutt when you found out? You're oh, like, I was fucking pissed. Yeah, yeah. Like, I was. <laughs> that, the so Guido just came out right I now. Was so <laughs> I had schemes to friggin' try to date her sister. Yeah, to, yeah. All kinds of. It wasn't shit. like the leader of the marching band. It was yeah. like a, it was a dude, dude. Yeah, it uh, was a dude, man's man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was the bartender in the local bar. Oh, so oh. he was cool so too. It was like, it was like, he was this away from me. He was fucking awesome. Yeah, everybody loved him. Everybody loved him. He was way you, cooler yeah, than you. Yeah, right? You even yeah. liked him? Yeah, I liked him. I liked him. I gotta say, I'm, so, I'm so mad at you, but I love you so, so uh, much. That's like when CM steals your chick. You're like, fuck. <laughs> so I literally like freaking. I was like, I could see her. I could watch this forever, or I could friggin' do something else. So I decided, I got this GI Bill shit, I'm going to go to school. So yeah. I went to UConn for two years, um, and then after two years, I got my master's degree. And then I, it was freezing my ass off. Like, when I say it's fucking cold up there, yeah. like, the wind fucking goes through you. you you're wearing jeans. Chill to the bone. Freezing, yeah. Your face is numb. And um, I, w- I was in an Arctic cold weather unit in the Marine Corps, so I had a batted up to my freaking neck with the cold and I said alright I'm gonna get the fuck out of here where am I gonna go that day I got a brochure about this school on the Pacific Coast UC Santa Barbara oh which is like, fucking paradise yep. it, when you're in the heat it's paradise when you're frigid cold dude it's heaven right yep did you meet Nathan there or, you, or? yeah I'll, I'll, t- oh. I'll tell you about the first time I met Nathan oh yes too. so fucking I, uh, I sent in the application got into the PhD program over there yeah right? 
And so... So you already had your master's and shit at this yep, point? I had my bachelor's, had my so master's. So you were a driven dude. Shit. Yep. Yeah. Uh, friggin' school smart, not necessarily yeah. fucking common sense smart or anything yeah. like that. Fucking, um, I, uh, I get out. I've never been in California in my life. Yeah. I get out. I move out. I moved to California. I didn't have any freaking money. I didn't have shit because I was a freaking broke, drunk loser and all yeah. that stuff. I wouldn't so, call you a loser. How old are you at this point? <laughs> I was about uh, 25, 26 at this point. Oh, okay. So you're, you're getting yeah. to the 30 age. Get, yeah. So the depression is like real. So this real. is the funny part. Because I was fucking like, um, you know, broke and everything like that. Uh, I was part of this fraternity when I was in college. It's called Sigma Phi Epsilon. Yeah. And uh, his brother was in it, right? Your brother was a frat boy? Yeah. No he, shit. He liked to party, dude. Oh, wow. <laughs> so they had this program. It's called the Resident Scholar Program. And uh, basically what happened was I applied for that program. They put me up in the frat house. So I'm 26 going on 27. Living at the frat house. Living at the frat house. Studying for my PhD, never met cleaning toilets in my fucking life. Womanizing again, womanizing, <laughs> cleaning <laughs> toilets. Dude, it got weird. It so, got what is it like living in a frat house? Is it like you see in the movies? At 27, yeah, it was fucking. It was part of it was cool. Part Were you the weird bad. old guy? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. All the girls are walking to the like, house dude, like, "Who's dad's here?" <laughs> Who brought their it was dad? So awkward. It was so fucking awkward. And it's not like it was friggin' like I mean, yeah, I friggin' hooked up with a couple of girls. And so shit. you had to live there because you were. Didn't have a pot to piss in? Didn't have a pot to piss in. Oh, okay. So you was going for my PhD. Okay. Yeah. Right? And the, the government was paying for the PhD. This is before post-9-11 GI Bill kicked in fully, right? Yeah. So for a full year, I'm there. And my drinking, I thought my drinking would stop. I, said, I got out there. I was like, all right, I'm not going to drink anymore. Nothing like that. Yeah. Friggin', uh, but t- within a few weeks, I'm walking around the frat house by myself like drinking a fifth of Jameson every night. Again, <laughs> sounds then, like a party. Yeah. It got to the point the frat guys sit me down. Oh, shit. <laughs> the kids. The like, kids had an intervention? <laughs> Holy fuck, man. <laughs> the frat kids are like, dude, we think you've got a problem. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Did you tell them to go fuck themselves? <laughs> right, right. Like, Pull up your diapers, bitches. They're, 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 like, they're like, hey, hey, college dad. <laughs> college <laughs> dad. You're making us look bad, bro. <laughs> Dude, the other fraternities are um, uh, complaining yeah, that yeah. you're walking around in your underwear with the bottle of Jameson. What? They Like, it was 3 a.m. one night. They walk outside of their rooms like nobody was up. They found me gargling, gargoyling on top of the keg. Like, friggin' sitting on top of the keg, friggin' drinking from the keg. Holy shit. Just stup- like, Sounds like a this party. Is, I, this I mean, is, this is great. This yeah. is straight up old school. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. It's friggin'. Don't get me wrong. Sounds really military, too. Yeah. Some of it was very fun. And, uh, but, but, um, you know, one day I look at myself in the mirror. I'm like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Like you're 27 years old. You're in a frat house. The friggin' fraternity guys just sat you down. Yeah. And they're they're crazy motherfuckers. Oh yeah. And then, um, I was getting to the point where, um, you know, I, I have a disease called ulcerative colitis and it's when it gets really Josh is here. <laughs> <laughs> when it gets really bad, like you start bleeding from your asshole and you get diarrhea. Like that doesn't times sound like fun. That doesn't sound like That doesn't sound like booze. Yeah, like, I helps. didn't know. I didn't know it was ulcerative colitis at the time, and so um, I, uh, I thought I had cancer, and so I was like, dude, I'm gonna put. The, I'm not gonna go get tested. Nothing like that. I'm just gonna put the drinking down for a little bit. I'm not gonna do anything. And you're stressing so, the fuck out. Yep. Yep. The next year, I got through my. Um, my first year of my PhD did really well. Um, 
got through my doctoral exams the first year. That was a year early, yeah. even though I was freaking doing the alcohol thing. Um, I started teaching, which meant I couldn't creep around frat parties anymore. Yeah. So, um, and I started teaching college students. So I moved out, but I was fucking depressed, like really depressed. And what do you think that was from? Dude, I think it was a combination of shit. I'm not going to say uh, Probably getting a sit down from a bunch of fucking college kids. Yeah, it was that. It was freaking the <laughs> Just fit, not having trajectory or... All that, yeah, just feeling like I was... Uh, no like, progress. Uh, hiding out in school. When you're in the Marine Corps, you have friends around you all the time. You got people who are concerned you got a purpose. You all the time. You got a purpose. And I don't, it wasn't PTSD for me. I'm not a freaking... When I, I went to Iraq, but I didn't do shit the yeah. whole time I was in Iraq. I was waving at people, carrying a gun, that's it. Like, I, yeah. I don't have, I'm not a combat hero, nothing like that. But I was like, it, I missed the fucking real fraternity I had in the morning. Belonging yeah. to something like yep. that. Yeah. And being important. You put mm-hmm. that uniform on, it means something. Oh, it's you know, 100% you get to, different. You get to a fucking liberal ass college campus, they're telling you you're a piece of shit. Yeah. Like, in, in a so you just feel like you're isolated, like you're not around your people. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And so uh, I fucking, um, I said, all right, I got to do some. I was a powerlifter when I was young, when I was about 12, 13 years old. And friggin', you know, I did well. And I was like, I got to get something to be obsessed about again. So I got into bodybuilding and uh, started eating right, started doing all the things. I was teaching then. So I started making money, started putting uh, that money into, into funding my, power, my, my bodybuilding shows. So I got them. I, I placed first at a muscle mania show, all this stuff. Place first at another uh, IMBA um, uh, natural bodybuilding show. This is the thing that I've noticed about savages, dude. Like people that have like drug problems, alcohol problems, or any kind of weird like nuts. Like guys that are like obsessive and negative shit, they can get fucking on a single track mind with positive shit like that. Yeah, isn't it crazy? Like yeah. you'll see a guy that you what went to high the school. Mindset switch. No, that's what I mean. Like it, it becomes an obsession in a positive direction or a negative. But if you go negative, dude, it's gonna be bad. Like. I used to have druggies sitting me down going, hey, dude, calm the fuck down. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. You're going to die. Yep. And I'm looking at the dude like, what? You're a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. You can you go talk- fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's crazy that you, you know, you're fucking gargoyling on top of oh, kegs. Dude, and now you're a powerlifting champion. Like, well, yeah, and I got into that. It was like a year later. It was like a year it's later. It's insane, right? dude. And freaking transform all that. I start, so I'm still in my, my, my PhD was in, um, International politics and quantitative methodologies. So what? Heavy, what does that even mean? So, like, I'd study, I'd study international politics, like, but I'd study like, not like what you would read in the newspaper, like, yeah. construct mathematical models about human decision making, and like, you know, Holy node shit. A does this, node B does this. I got all the way through that. Nerd. <laughs> <laughs> You're the fucking engineer, man. <laughs> I don't come on here and talk about some bullshit like that. <laughs> I don't. I don't tell people how smart I am. <laughs> I just let everyone think I drink myself to have the party all the time. So have you always had that kind of mind for that kind of? Yeah, it's it's just fucking like I like I like fucking going through shit. And yeah, analyzing my own head. Yeah, and things like that. And fuck, particularly politics, because like we brought the wrong motherfuckers to the escape room. Thing. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> Should have brought this fucking guy. We wouldn't need seven clues. No wonder everybody wanted you to leave. <laughs> yeah, fucking cool. I want to try one of those things. Oh, it's awesome, man. Um, but uh. Dude, I, so I started applying like what I knew from my PhD and all my research methods to nutrition. So I got really into studying nutrition, going through the actual articles, studying the methods behind them, all that kind of shit. And so I started like really getting good at that. And I said, you know what, this PhD in political science thing, I mean, I could fucking go, go through with this and I could get a professorship, tenure track position, I'll publish, maybe five people will read the, all the articles. I said, 
I don't want to fucking do this right now. I'm not going to fucking go and be some professor yeah. at some campus. I want to do something that's exciting, yeah. that's risky. And, and hindsight being 2020, looking at what's going on on college campuses right now, oh. I'd fucking, I'd probably murder somebody. You'd be fired probably. Yeah, exactly. You know? Exactly. Slapping a fucking oh. little college kid. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> so I had these government savings. I took $15,000 from a thrift savings plan. One of the frat guys who lived there, his name was Eddie. We, we got together. Freaking, we moved down uh, to Long Beach and we started this freaking gym. Yeah. And literally it was like, uh, you know, just a warehouse, white walls, all this shit. And freaking, um, what's it called? We, uh, we brought a bunch of equipment in there. And for the first like three or four months, people will walk in there. And this is before hardcore gyms were a thing. I know Joe's got the, the gym up there in, in Calamesa, barbell um, club. the gym barbell club. That's an awesome gym. This was like that, but like probably about twice as big. And we started bringing this stuff in, but people were used to health clubs and people would walk in and they'd be like, what the fuck is this? Thing? I know. I, when I, when my brother was telling me he was doing this and I walked in there and I've been, I grew up going to 24 hour fitness yeah. and they had a shirt that said 24 hour shitness. Like yeah. That, and there, the walls next to the squat racks were like squat till you puke. I mean, just crazy. And then you go around, and the biggest people you've ever seen in your life are in there yelling and screaming, and there's not a fucking treadmill in sight. You know, you have, you have oh, like so a it was like real climber. specifics. Oh, yeah. If, no, if you're not we, shitting your pants when you squat, you're not lifting <laughs> heavy enough. Oh, we had power lifters in there. We had strong men. We had bodybuilders. We had fighters. We had. They're pulling semi trucks down the street. Yeah, oh, so pulling. you did like really specialized. Just, type of stuff anything extreme it wasn't yeah. special it was like anything extreme if you were an extreme athlete you came to that gym yeah um, i mean they, it was like even uh, uh like gymnastics shit yep we have we had gymnastics everything frank madrano he's another big youtube guy he trained out of there ct fletcher mike Rashid, all ct fletcher's bad are you yeah do you still yeah so how do you end up meeting up or so how so, do you end up opening this gym so that's so eddie had the money i had the idea and shit like that. Yeah. Came down there. And, and Eddie was like, he's a triathlete, right? Yeah, he was a triathlete. He's really into fitness, too. Like, fan, I just had him on my podcast last yeah. week. Fantastic athlete. He's good at, like, 15 sports. But um, we got together, and we were like, yeah, we want to do this. It's going to be so cool. We're going to be instant millionaires, all this shit. Yeah. So, but, like, for the first three months, nobody fucking came. And we had a $15,000 overhead. Oh, like, a month? Yeah. Holy yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and then I made the fucking ingenious decision to get married. Oh, like, that sounds like a stupid idea. <laughs> and not only that, like, I'm, and, and I probably can't talk shit. About, well, I can talk shit about my ex-wife. She was an Italian girl, too. I do. So, like, friggin', you know, super, like, what, what you would think about Italian girls. Yeah, like, super aggressive. Jealous, super aggressive. Is the word like, I use. All that shit. So she didn't, she was friggin' not the supportive. absolute worst thing to happen in my Sexy. life. Sexy. Because she, she didn't have your, <laughs> exactly. she didn't have your back, right? She was Light sexy. of my life. <laughs> yeah. I love her. Yeah. But she, like, didn't, like, did she, like, not have your back? It was not being, at like, all. negative on the gym? Not at all. Every every night I It's a pipe like, dream. Yeah, all the shit. Yeah. But, you uh, Eric's ex-wife? <laughs> 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 we were married too. I think At we that going, time, I was married. We were going yeah. through that shit about the same time. So, yeah. and that's all my fault. You know what I mean? As a man, don't blame yourself that, for her problems. No, no, it's it true. I agree with him. Fault. It <laughs> yep. was my fault. I can't. You let somebody abuse you like that. You let somebody. You deserve fucking, it. You fucking deserve it. Yep. You fucking deserve it. And you're asking for it. And that's just the way I was because of all that shit I did before. I was like. All right, dude. I'm I'm repaying for my sins right now. Yeah. I'm, I'm getting I gotta, punished. I gotta be faithful. I deserve that woman. laptop. Get broke. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So one day I had enough, 
right? And I was you like, just beat the shit you out of her. You didn't kill her, did no, you? No, just no, kidding. I, <laughs> I took my shit, stuffed it in a garbage bag, fucking got out of there. I fucking told it. You didn't have like a regular like gym bag? Nope. No. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't have a pot to piss in, bro. Yes, I was she was not supportive. Yeah. Oh, hey, he yeah. owns a gym but doesn't have a gym bag. She was no, wearing uh, Gucci shoes. You own Weird. A gym, it's the fucking least. Like for the first six, you're not making any money. I was making. I was probably living off of 300 bucks a day, a week. Oh, shit. Bucks a yeah. Week. Or no, 300 bucks a month. Yeah, not a yeah. Week. Um, fucking and and I wasn't fucking doing anything. All the all the training money I was earning, I was going back into the gym. So I didn't have any money. Eddie had the money to support himself, all that stuff. So sold my shares to Eddie, friggin' so she couldn't get half the gym, friggin' stuffed my stuff into a garbage bag, left uh, the apartment we were living in in Irvine, friggin' uh, filed divorce papers, lived out of my car and in the gym for a little bit, and that was it. But, Holy shit. Yeah, and, and so that's when... A lot of I, people think that women can't take you down. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> that's the one thing. It could take down any man. Right. But it's just like you said, if you're in a miserable position in a relationship, it's your fault. I, I just believe it's the dude's fault, man. Yeah. Oh, well, and that's what I said. I was like, I would rather live in the gutter for the rest of my life than to have to deal with this person yeah. anymore. It's, it, a, it's abusive. Yeah, I think when, when you say it's your fault, it's because you sit there and take it. That's what I mean. You know, right. and, uh, and there's so many, and it's not just me. I think but that a guy, I think so the, many people that sit there and live in that shit. But the guy kind of sets the tone, you know what I mean, about what you'll tolerate. It's just like a woman that gets her oh, ass yeah. beat every night when she goes home, and she tolerates it for years, and it doesn't make it okay, but it's like, come on, man, you got to get the fuck out of there. You know what I mean? Like, And I had a lot of growing up to do. Yeah. That's the thing. Or man. listen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Get in, get in touch with their feelings, right, Mike? <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, like, I had to, I had to literally start from scratch again. So I was still training out of the gym. I didn't, I wasn't an owner anymore or anything like that. Did that bum you out? It did, big time. It was like the, like, because seeing the thing blow up, does that like oh, just yeah. kill you? Yeah, it's got yeah. to. But, um, you know, knowing I was, I, I'd been coaching CT prior to that. I'd been coaching Mike. So CT walks in, and if people don't know who CT Fletcher is, he's a pretty inspiring dude yeah so check uh, him out on youtube like what's up motherfucker (laughs) (laughs) how do you meet ct probably at about month three and uh people don't realize this a lot but ct didn't have a pot to piss in either yeah for a long time and the dude was walking to work right and he was walking through our neighborhood down there and as he walked uh through the neighborhood he noticed our gym so i see this guy he walks in no be my boy everybody else is not Josh is here. Is that what CT said? <laughs> Josh is still here. <laughs> but uh, he walks in and he's like, friggin', hey, what's going on? Uh, you know, he's real soft-spoken a person. Yeah. He's like, uh, I, I he looks like a soft-spoken guy. Yeah. He's, oh, yeah. <laughs> Look at him. He looks just like, an, like a little, that, little that, teddy bear. Uh, yeah. yeah. That was uh, all that stuff. Yeah. But uh, he's, he's super, super, like, he's quiet and everything. But he's like, hey, listen, guys. You know, I, w- I was a power lifter and everything like that. And, um, you know, I was just walking to the gym over here. I noticed you guys had a hardcore gym. Yeah. And so uh, I was like, yeah, man, come on in, try it out. Walk in the back. The guy is preacher curling 90-pound dumbbells for repetitions. And I was like, holy fuck. And then he comes back and he brings us this powerlifting USA magazine where he's getting featured on the cover and everything like that. But, um, you know, we he didn't have anything, any money or anything like that. So we said, hey, guy. You seem like an awesome guy. Why don't you come down here? Why don't you train here for free? Yeah. So so we let him in, and then... Um, what kind of dude is he at this point? Does he have that motivational type of vibe? Yeah, yes and no. I mean, like, he'd been through so much. Like, 
he, he the the heart attack that he had. Yeah. You know, the have when you when you stand next to him and he's excited, you can hear a machine ticking his heart. It's Holy like the, uh, shit! It's like the alligator from Peter Pan. He's got a machine gun in his heart at this point. At Damn. that time, did you know who he was when he was walking through your neighborhood? I, lo- I looked through. Right. I looked through. I knew. I knew about his powerlifting past. And yeah. Like that. But it was nothing like it is now. Right? Yeah. At the time. And so, he, but he had these massive friggin' arms, mm-hmm. and we were like, he seemed like a really nice dude. Yeah. And he kind of became like, you know, the, the father around. The place. I never thought really care. nice arms and nice dude would be in the same. <laughs> hey man, your arms are awesome. Want to go have coffee or something? Yeah. It wasn't the like the biggest thing about him is that he was all natural. Yeah. And so he yeah. Was, well, he, he wasn't was always natural. Yeah. He, he'd yeah. done one cycle and then he got off of it, but none of that shit, like fucking, really mattered. I mean, like. A lot of people, I mean, I know a shit ton about steroids. A lot more than any human being should know. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the cycle he did back in 1982, it wouldn't have had any impact on him later on. Yeah, yeah. But the other thing is, like, people don't understand that had he been taking steroids at that period of time in his life, he would have freaking dropped dead because the blood volume yes, with exactly. everything would have fucking killed him. And that's what I, I, you know, that's what people don't get about the situation. I completely understand. You look at the guy; he seems like he's on freaking steroids. Yeah. But it's also the case that there are some genetic fucking freaks out. When there. he yells at his muscles. Yeah. 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 Exactly. You're not big enough, bro. <laughs> so, bro. So, how long after the gym opens does it start gaining momentum and stuff? Dude, uh, so it started gaining momentum about six months in. We started, we started marketing the place out for photo shoots. So. You see a lot of like Flex magazine photo shoots, a lot of like uh, muscle and fitness photo shoots. There's a bunch of chicks in there too coming in. Lots of chicks. Lots of chicks were coming in. uh, Getting into powerlifting. Just start to womenize again. Getting into powerlifting, getting into all these (laughs) things, right? Yeah, here here comes Uh, the womenizing. Womenizing again? Let's jump on that bandwagon. (laughs) We had the the world's strongest woman uh, training out of there, Liz Freel. No shit. She's a sweetheart, man. So it started gaining momentum within that world yeah yep the hardcore world it's just that like it's that. where the animals go yeah. and you then, never see nothing that's why like at the barbell club uh when i when i first walked in there with the when the guys are work, that i knew were working out there as soon as i walked in i was like okay this is where i want to work out because i'm i was a uh, membership at um fuck what 24 hour fitness no, power uh, powerhouse in ukaipa yeah i had a but membership it, there but it's a uh, but it's just the same shit over and over but then you as soon as I walked into the, the barbell club, it reminded me of walking into his gym. Yeah, and yeah. You get, kind of inspired get you excited. people yep. that are like doing yep. things yeah. differently, Joe, cutting edge. Joe set it up right up there. That, that the barbell club is awesome, um, but this place was like it became this crazy place, right? And then um, one day, this dude Arash, he's from a Strength Project on YouTube. He friggin' um, comes down and CCT, and he's like, uh, "Dude, can I can I do a video with you?" And so they filmed that video. It's called The Strongest Man You Never Heard Of. And that's literally the one video. Yeah, that's the one that, he was talking about on Rogan's podcast, yep, right? That launched, launched CT to, to fame. And, and what, what, was the vid- what did the video entail? Dude, it was just CT talking about his life. Just yeah. being passionate. How that's how I it. learned about him. I oh, saw yeah? that, the yeah. Netflix special. Yep. yep. How his father used to beat the fuck out yeah. of him. All that. And I met CT's father, all that shit. Yeah. And, um, and, and, and CT's like a really motivating individual what people don't understand is that he's 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 a super good-hearted nice individual as well yeah that's the thing how's he doing now because he just had a big heart surgery right just heart transplant had a heart have transplant. you seen the video where he goes to run after and he falls fell. Fell? no uh, 
He's struggling a little bit, but yeah, like you said, he had a heart transplant. He's a beast, though, right? Yep. Yep. He was, I mean, he's super determined. You know what? He, I don't, maybe this maybe is wrong, but you know what he reminds me of? He reminds me of Kimbo Slice. Yeah, he kind of has that look. He sure. wanted to fight it. Oh, 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 fuck. I Why don't want to watch that. Would anybody in their right mind push themselves that hard? You don't know what your last minute might be. So you have to take advantage of every second. I'm still alive. And if I die tomorrow, and it might happen, you never know. I'll die fighting. And when I fall the fuck down, you better believe I'm gonna get the fuck back up and try it again. I have to. I must do that. Damn, that gives me chills, Two days later. Yeah, that's freaking uh, that is crazy. And that's the dude. Like he doesn't give a fuck about the money. He doesn't give a fuck about the money, honestly. Like yeah. he wants money, he wants to live comfortably. But he's just always been about spreading his message. Yeah. And fucking I met a lot of fucking fake people in this fucking industry. Yeah. Like, I've met a lot of people who make me want to fucking vomit. Just can you can you name a name? I, we'd like to do that on no, here. No, I don't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I'm just kidding. Eric. I mean... Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that's crazy. You see, that it's funny how people have that... Uh, whatever that thing is, yeah. where a 30-second video can give everybody in a room goosebumps. Yep. There's something about the realness of it. Like, not too many people have that uh, authenticity. Absolutely. You know what I mean? That's but, man, thing. when you see it, you know what it is, but you can't describe it. Hey, you did, know what I mean? Didn't at this time you wrote that book, uh, Getting to Shredded? Yep. Yep, I wrote an ebook. I mean, all that stuff. And so, you know, when I was freaking going through everything, right, and I was freaking living out of my car, all this fucking bullshit, um, you know, Mike Rashidi, he said, dude, like, you're really good with this nutrition stuff. You're really good at coaching people. Why don't you start doing YouTube videos? Why don't you start writing? And I was like, well, I don't have a computer. He gave me a computer. So, freaking, I literally started going to, like, Starbucks. I started writing things i started recording myself on video i started freaking um uh doing a youtube channel and that youtube channel was uh freaking pretty much like therapy for me at first yeah and literally just started talking to the camera every chance i got and then before i knew it i mean i was making money online as a trainer and i started coaching people from uh, i mean i had clients from australia i had clients from from you know how are you doing that just through Video? I, I designed, so I have them fill out a questionnaire. Yeah. Which is like, which is, I just did it. It's like 10 pages. Yeah. I think I'm going to do it too, man. Yeah. I'm getting motivated right now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I have a freaking double double in front of me. Someone just handed me. I'm embarrassed. You know, I want to eat it so bad, but I got this healthy dude right in front of me. Hey, like, let me put this towel up so we yeah. can see. I know. Like, put up yeah. the screen so we yeah, can I, suck I, down that hamburger. Yeah. And that's the thing, though, man. Like, it's not. It's not about that. It's about just creating something that's sustainable that you could do all the time. It's not. I mean, what his brother did, like eating codfish and chicken and, and beef. That's awesome. It's awesome that he was able to do that. He probably never wants to t- touch fish or broccoli ever again. No, and that's the thing. I wouldn't <laughs> do that to another human being. Yeah. Ever again in my life. But he. But he kind of asked for it though too. He did. He did. He wanted it like that. But like, I mean, I. I my personal feeling about fitness is like, it, it shouldn't just be about what you look like. Like. Fitness is about fucking freedom, man. I mean, it's about 
your personal sovereignty at the end of the day. If you're not fri- if you're not fit, you're not going to be able to fucking do a goddamn thing or feel good about feel yourself. Good. You're not going to be able to conquer the mountains that you need to conquer in life. You're not going to be able to fucking walk around when you're 78 years old. Yeah. And people think, oh, I mean, I run by this fucking old people's home every day when I go out. And I'll fucking run by them and I'll look at them. And the reason why I'll look at them is to remind myself that. How pitiful they are. I, no, not how pitiful <laughs> they are. But that could be me. Yeah. That could be me. That could be any of us. Yeah. You know what I mean? So if doing the work now shit. so you don't. You, you're over here want to be Jack LaLanne. Uh, I don't know if I want to be Jack LaLanne. <laughs> I just want to fucking start a movement amongst men, particularly veterans. Because, you know, everybody talks about supporting this, supporting that, support veterans. And I think. It's the opposite of what we want to do. We don't want to support them. We want to help them to support them, themselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We want to help them to be able to live their best lives, to carve out their own existence and to live their best and, lives. And that's not being done? No, man. I think, like, there, there's a lot of resources out there for, for guys who want to do it, but they fall into this fucking stereotype. Like, oh, I'm the angry veteran. Or, the PTSD. Oh, I'm, I'm this. I'm that. And well, and all the ones that I know are fucking stubborn as shit and yeah. don't want to. They were looking for something to go. Well, if I do that, that's a bunch of veterans. I want to go get in with them because I know them. Yeah, yeah, and that and that's the thing. Like it's fucking. What I want is to teach them how to fucking take care of themselves first and foremost. Yeah, and to help them to get beyond a lot of that shit. You know what I mean? And a lot of them super independent, super stubborn as shit. Um, and it's a hard, hard audience to work hard with. Hard nut to crack. But uh, the message, I think, is getting through to a lot of them, and, and, and a lot of them are listening. So. Yeah. So you're doing that through your podcast? Through the podcast. We have a whole media site up at warriorsoulagoji.com. Is that what is the, it again? Warriorsoulagoji. That's A-G-O-G-E.com. We do that. The YouTube videos. The YouTube what does the Ogoji mean? I read it on your site. But it was the, uh, the old Spartan Academy. Oh, it's the one that's written over the Spartan helmet on all those little... Yeah. The, that's Molan Labe. But oh, the, that's the, the one Ogoji I was thinking was of. the system they'd enter at seven years old. And then freaking, uh, um, they go through all the way up until um, 24, 25. And so... What did that entail? Uh, I mean, all types of shit. I mean, they go in at seven years old. They you, learn how to learn fight. how to fight for 14 years. Or you you yeah. fight or die. That's where they went away from their <laughs> going parents out and everything, in the right? Going out in the wilderness, kidnapping helots who, who were the slaves. Going out to fight that Spartan wolf. <laughs> yep, I think that was just the, the movie. You have to climb a mountain, but, oh, but they had to oh, survive okay. on their own. Oh, I'm like, oh God. <laughs> I don't want to fight wolves. But, but yeah, I, I mean, that's that's what that's what kind of drives me on things because I was coaching bodybuilders for so long, and I was like, you know, I was waking up and I was looking at myself in the mirror again. You know, what am I doing besides helping people get abs? What yeah. am I doing besides helping? People Looking for a deeper purpose. Vanity. So yeah, I've been been doing this for about three years now, and, and it's been it's been awesome. I love the audience. Um, you know, the veteran community I think is the sleeping giant in this country. Yeah. You know, there's leaders out there. There's people who are extremely skilled. People who who should be out there changing this country, making it for the better. Almost like it. Like the sleeping thing is is a good way to put it. I know a lot of veterans that like are in the position that you said you were in, where you, you come out of this super important role where you got your boys with you, you got this camaraderie, you're a, you're a leader, you do, you're doing really important shit, and then you get home and you kind of get lost in this shuffle of life and you just kind of are stagnant. Yep. And you, oh, it's, it's, weird, always, it's, like, it's uh, like you said, like a sleeping giant, you know what I mean? Even the, the civilian humor is different than in the military. Yeah. Yep. And it's just like you... 
you say something in, in, in the military world, it's like, oh, yeah, that's, that's funny as shit. Yeah. But in the civilian world, they go, oh, good God, what the fuck's wrong with you? Yeah. yeah. Look at you why like, would you? Because no, in the military, you can laugh. Oh, look at that baby has its head off. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <Is that> a- <laughs> look, we just ran no. over three goats in our truck, and it was awesome. They splattered everywhere. And yeah. civilians are like, you did what? Cruelty. <laughs> you did yeah. what? Animal cruelty. Uh, we used to sing this cadence. It was like, who could take a glass rod, stick it in his cock, smash <laughs> it on a rock? <laughs> smash it on a rock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes we sing that man. one, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was fucking funny. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you're right. They have, a, they have a special fucking sense of humor. There's a special way of communicating. There's yeah. a special thing to the brotherhood. And, and uh, a lot of these guys, they're getting out. They're going to college, back to that same fucking environment. I was in at UCSB. And, you know, they're, they're being told that they don't matter they're being told that not not just they don't matter but but uh, some lesbian with pink hair is yeah, telling you what a piece of shit you are men don't matter yeah right? your, your masculinity is toxic. poisonous it's yeah. toxic right as a, if you're a white man if you're a white man you don't have a voice in this country or you shouldn't have a voice in this country yeah and like that's the thing i mean like not to to to, to get all crazy on that stuff but i mean that's the environment they're going into that's not that's not going to make any of them you know more uh, friendly to whatever or feel welcome at all. You can't be a super macho dude and go try to live in that world and without... Now, that's why there's not, no more college shootings. Yeah, yep. exactly, dude. And, a lot more and college the, the funny part about beat. that is when you're in an environment where you're not comfortable, you're not going to be yourself and if you can't be yourself, you're not going to excel, right? Yep. It's like well, playing on a football team as a kid. <laughs> if you're not like on the team and part of the crew, you're not going to play the best that you can. Right? right, you know oh, what 100%. I mean. You're, you're gonna be kind of in your shell a little bit, and just, so you're not gonna be your full potential. You're gonna be gargling on the keg. Yeah, yeah, exactly, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fucking golem, my bear cap. <laughs> so no. what's the what's the plan then, dude? How do you what do you do to if there are veterans out there that that are feeling your message? Like, what do they do? So a few different things. Number one, I produce a shit ton of information. Right. So through the podcast, I've had on a lot of experts. I've had on, like, uh, Kerry Tobbs. I've had on Dom D'Agostino, like, one of the Who guys. are these guys? Uh, Dom D'Agostino is one of the top experts in ketosis, right? Oh, okay, dietary yeah. Stuff. I've had on Dr. Terry Walls. She, she's a, a, an expert in overcoming autoimmune disease. Right. Um, I've had on Les Stroud, the survivor man. I've had on uh, um, uh, JTM Fit. He's Do you think Les Stroud is legit? He's good to go. Yeah. He's good to go. I talked to him. I talked to him once over that podcast. I mean, I've never been out in the field with him or anything. Like I watched all. I watched it all his shows. I'm thinking, man, how hard is it to, uh, to, to one try to survive like he portraying that he is, but then hiking back and forth, getting his cameras and doing all that extra stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Man, you have to. You, I mean, there's people like that. People that are savages and things yeah. like that. I'm not. Yeah. You know. <laughs> but like, yeah. I mean, he's got his thing. It's called SMTV now. It's like a pay for site or something like right. that behind a paywall. Um, but yeah, I, I just try to get them. We'll, we'll, we, I brought on experts on psychedelics, you know, oh, talking, yeah. about, I wanted to talk about, that talking about sure. DMT, talking about that kind of stuff. Have you done those? Yes. Which yes. ones? I've done DMT. I've done psilocybin. I've done MDMA. I've done acid. What about ayahuasca? Uh, I haven't done ayahuasca, but DMT. I want to do the, it so uh, bad. So I, DMT is the active ingredient in ayahuasca. So we, I, I, I hit him up cause he did a, a podcast on, it was uh, working out. And and um, psychedelics, and that's when I started talking to him and trying to. Um, and I never, still didn't listen to it because I was having a hard time getting to it. Yeah. But I was hoping that here that he would talk about. What it was your him. What was the DMT like? What What first like? How did you hear about it? How did you attain it? And then how was the experience? So 
Yeah, uh, as far as attaining it, I mean, there was a group yeah. in, in Los Angeles that was doing it that, I, that, that I'm friends with. A um, few veterans, a few doctors, a right. few, few trainers and things like that that got together. Now, are these people that are, that are looking into the research part of it for PTSD, things like that, or is it no, just people experimenting? No, it was just, it was just that. And th- this is the thing. I'm not going to sit here and say that, that psychedelic. I'm not maps or anything like that. I'm not going to sit here and say that psychedelics are actually ap- absolutely going to help you with your right. PTSD. What I will say is this, um, you know, I, uh, after doing DMT, I will never look at drugs the same again, ever. I will never look at drugs as a party tool or anything right. like that. I'll look at them as, as tools, as potential guides, as things that you could, could help you to um, realize certain things in your own life. Uh, and that includes cannabis, that includes uh, psilocybin mushrooms, that includes all the psychedelics. So. Okay, so you make a decision to try DMT. Yep. And then what is what what is the you find the day that you're going to do it? You have it. What what so what's going on? Um, this is a, I went down. I they rented an Airbnb out in Los Angeles. Went down there. So you're there with multiple people that yep. are doing the same thing. Yep. And uh, I didn't really know I was going to do it that until that day. Right. Wow. So you didn't like have I it planned. Hey, out. come on out to this yeah. uh, Airbnb and I didn't hang meditate, out. <laughs> nothing like that. Right. I freaking. Um, came out there and this this dude um one of the guys there is real real um knowledgeable on dmt knowledgeable yeah on all this stuff and so they're like hey do you want to do it i'm like all right yeah i'll try it i'll try it did you have any like were you scared did like, you have any, any knowledge of it at the time yeah have you researched i knew, I knew it? quite a bit about you know, okay so you knew you knew the pool you were jumping into like stuff like that okay right? but were you scared at all was i scared yeah I don't think I came into it with any nervousness or anything like that. I think I was curious. Yeah. I was wondering what was going to happen and everything like that. And, um, you know, it was, it was, I was ready for the experience. I'll say yeah. Because you've cool. done other things. So I've done like, other things. Let's try this. I've had scarier situations with, with psilocybin. Mm. Right. But um, DMT is powerful. Like, and unlike ayahuasca, ayahuasca, you do it, it's over like an eight hour period. Yeah, it slowly yeah. builds up, you peak, everything like that. DMT, it's 15 minutes. And what is it, smoked? Is it yeah, they, snorted? So they stick it into a bowl with, uh, with some cannabis. And then what happens is you're on, you're on a count, you're, you should be lying down, right? Okay, so you're taking the hit. Right. And you're- somebody's giving you the hit on a long pipe. So they're giving you the hit on a long pipe. Because it's going to hit quick? No, no. Okay. You want to take three hits. So you take it, you breathe in, you let it out. Then take another one, breathe in, let it out. On the third one, you take it, breathe in, hold it, and then you close your eyes and you fall back. Off and to the spirit Now, do you fall time. back on your own power or do you fall back because of the... It's like one of those like... Uh, Lay oh, okay. Down. You're, yeah. lay down you're, the rocket heels. ship is just getting ready to lift okay, off. Okay, so, yeah. so where, where does it go from there? Are you cognizant of what's going on, or yeah. is it a dream? So, so I'm cognizant of what's going on. Uh, I close my eyes, right? And as I'm lying down, they, they start playing some music. And then all of a sudden, like, these freaking, like, little things. Like, I can't explain them. They're not men they're not people they're like beings. beings they drag what looks like a screen across like it's like goes all the way across the my, my does my it make vision. that sound yeah yeah holy shit and, and you're like you're like listening to the music and the yeah. music comes starts like 
coming in and start playing and like all these colors start coming out and stuff like that. And then I start seeing faces and like the faces aren't human, but they're like beings. And then all of a sudden I'm like blasted off and I'm in a room. You feel and like you blast off? Yeah. You f- wow. I'm like like blasted off. I land in this, this place and it's like being in a dark room, but like, and they're not speaking English to you. But these things immediately start saying to you, um, well, they start saying to me, why are you here? And, and is it a voice or is it just communicating? It was like ESPN communication. And it like some, the, the initial stuff looks a lot like that screen that's yeah. up there right now. It's almost um, like a top, if you guys are familiar with Tool, it's like the album art from a Tool album. Yeah. Very colorful. So it's like a faceless being. Yep. So the, a few of them. It's not just one. It's a, they were like around me. Yeah. And so, um, and fifteen people are watching me at this point, right? So like in the room. Yeah. In the but room. you don't realize it. You're you don't realize you're that. You, right you just you, I'm I'm there on the couch. So mm-hmm. your eyes are closed the whole time. Eyes are closed. Now, the if whole you time. open your eyes, what are you in the room present? Yeah, you're in the room if you're present. You have to keep your eyes closed. Oh, okay. Right? So all this stuff is happening because of the closed yep. eyes. Okay. Yep. And so, um, so I'm there. And they're like, so they're like, why are you here? And then they said, you're not supposed to be here yet. And I was like, what? And that music that's playing, that's exactly like the music type of music they were. So you're, so they're not talking this to you. You're, you're catching it from them, and they're not even having to communicate it. Right. Right. But it's clear. Yeah. They're like, you're not supposed to be here yet. And I was like, well, I, I came to find some stuff out about myself. And they said, and this is, this is what they go. I'm going to take you through this one more time. So they're starting to get a little more get a little right, aggressive. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. They're like, we're going to take you through this one more time. And they, they're like, um, don't come back until you have something else to learn. So from there, they're like, all right, let's go through the show. And like, they start taking me to all these things. I start seeing like past lives. I start seeing like people I used to be. I start seeing like, like, and how are you seeing this? You mean like past lives like that you shouldn't remember? Um, like if you were yep. reincarnated? Yep. Really? Yep. Like, like past sitting lives, on that cake? All types of crazy Dude, a shit. friend of mine just did this hypnosis therapy, and they were saying that it taps into like previous stuff, and I was like, ah, I'm kind of skeptical. Yeah. But she's real into the psychedelic experiences yep. and stuff, so that's what you're t- talking Dude, about? Dude, it, like, it was like taking me through this, and it was like a shadow puppet show, but it was super detailed, and everything was like, it was like, coming down particle-wise, like, they, they, it looked like particles separating every time the, the screens changed and things like that. Wow. So when you're saying that you're seeing past lives or you're, what you used to be, you're, are you seeing you physically? I was seeing, like, myself in Roman times. I was seeing myself in Napoleonic times. I was seeing myself throughout these different things and Holy seeing the so lessons. Not your life, just, like, that is crazy. The past, le- past life. Past, past lives. I was seeing myself, like, all the lessons I had learned from those lives. And, you know, I was, like... I was a general in Napoleon's army. I was like, I was uh, a Roman emperor, all kinds of these different things. And they said, the reason why you're here right now is to learn how to be humble. Learn how to be humble and how to adopt humility in your life. And that's why you've been through what you've been through in this life. Were you physically wow. in another body when you saw yourself? Like you knew it was you, but it wasn't you're physically not, you? You're not in your body. Yeah. You're not in your body. You're like somewhere. So you weren't acting as you in Roman. You were looking at you as a I Roman. I was looking at myself. Okay. You okay. are in another dimension when you do this. Like, <sighs> yeah. So kind of and, an onlooker type thing. Yeah. And I know, I know people are out there like, 
you know, I'm a straight edge kind of guy now. Like, I know I had a drinking drug kind of past. No, this stuff is but, interesting but, as but, shit, dude. I don't, I don't think people think yeah. about oh, this no like way. that. Um, so, so you're, so you're seeing yourself as in it, these past times. They go through this stuff, right? And um, they like, uh, they're like, okay, that's the information you came for. Now go play. Right? Wow. And they're like, I'm like, go play. And they're like, go play. And then, so my dog Piper was there. And my dog, she's real cute. She's part German Shepherd, part Schnauzer. Really interesting looking dog. She comes up to me and she's... In, in the vision? In the vision. in the in physical the world. Oh, wow. Right. She comes up to me and starts talking to me. I'm like... Holy but, but my shit. Piper, my, my dog Piper was there at the location yeah. with us, right? Because we, we, we usually take her with us. So she comes up to me and I'm like... She's like, hi, how you doing? And I'm like, oh, well, fuck oh, me. Wow. Dog is talking to you. I'm like, Why do you smoke pot? <laughs> I'm like, Wait. Why do you and mommy always make me lick the peanut butter? <laughs> Can you I'm please like, let me out of the room before you guys have sex? <laughs> but I was like, dude, I'm like, you're conscious? Like, you, you can talk. She's like, yeah, fuck yeah, I'm conscious. Like, let's, let's go chill. Let's go, go no do some way. stuff. So we start, like, we float out of there. Like, her as a spirit, me as a spirit. And, like, we're floating out of there. And we go down the street, right? And friggin', um, what's it called? These dogs are there, right? And she's like, hey, let's go talk to these dogs. And, like, Did so... Did you say, who let the dogs out? <laughs> no, no, dude. The, the dogs were like, bruh, bruh, fuck you, fuck you. What the fuck are you doing here? Get the fuck out of here, blah, blah, blah. They're going nuts. And she's like, chill, chill, chill. He's, he's cool. And so we were just like... I was like, hey, I didn't know all you guys could talk or all this stuff. And um, it's, it's crazy, like, you know, people heard dogs barking down the street. But this is the craziest part of the story, all right? While I'm in this vision, like, going through this with my dog, um, there's 15 people who witnessed this. I'm curled up, like, in the fetal position. My dog comes up. We start growling at each other in real life. Like, so I'm, that's why I wish So you're talking to your dog in the vision, but in the physical world, you guys are just growling back and growling forth. Growling back and forth. Well, that's them so communicating. Wow. So your dog crazy, is really yeah. That's why I wish my girlfriend came, because she saw this whole thing. Like, it fucking, um. They should gave the dog some, too. <laughs> oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> so is that where the vision ends? Well, that's, uh, so then I go back, and we're, we're kind of flying around and everything like that. And then fly back into the room and I wake up the room's pitch black everybody's gone like except for my buddy my buddy who's a uh, was a former special forces operator and then like a couple other people were there and like he's like hey come on come on outside and just talk it out and everything and I couldn't like I couldn't stop talking I was like oh my god everything like everything tears makes are coming, sense tears are coming down my eyes like all this stuff so you're in the physical world now? Yeah, I'm in the okay. physical world. Like, tears were coming down my eyes. Everything's like, all the shit that I've been through, like, the past year. Like, ulcer, I didn't mention about, like, the ulcerative colitis. Like, dealing with the ulcerative colitis, like, fucking um, going through flare-ups, fucking being fucking, you know, pretty much homeless, fucking being broke, be- getting beaten down, feeling like life was being yeah. down. That was all to, like, learn a lesson about humility just learning about so it gave humble. all that a purpose right so it didn't feel like shit luck or so is that right. why you're saying like with your relate past relationship or marriage that you have like this it was my fault thing? it is my fault everything you seem so like uh 
sure about that. Everything in this, every sure and okay with it. Thing. Yeah, <laughs> every fucked up thing I've ever had happen to me is my fault, and that's the thing, and that's what I try to. to in some aspect or another, I fucked up somewhere somehow. Exactly, got me in that position. Exactly. So then, you come out of that. Are you, so you come out of that. You're in tears. Like, you're, is it just such an overwhelming knowledge that you gain yep. that you just can't even? Yeah. And that's the thing. And it's different for everybody. Anybody who goes through that is going to have different types of visions and things like that. And that's, that was mine. And that's what I would say is that if you're going to do it, you know, really train for it. Really, like, start to think about what you want or what you want to know, what right. types of things you want to get out of it. Come into it with an intent because... Have an agenda. Don't, don't, don't roll that dice. Yeah. <laughs> and don't do it as a fucking recreational thing because you'll be in fucking hell for at least 15 minutes. When, right. When you walked into this place, did they kind of guide you to tell you before, a heads up, like, yeah, tell you all this stuff? They were friends of mine. Okay. Like, they didn't want to, like, color... My, my whole right, thing. but they're like close your eyes, let everything yeah, happen. They kind of gave you a little. You got to relax. It's they say you got to submit to it. Yeah, because right? a lot of people will try to fight it and they'll be like, freak the fuck out. Yeah, they'll yeah. flip out. But once you submit to it, that's where you start to learn the lesson. And it's the same thing, like because I, I I was a dumbass and I took a shit ton of shrooms at a fish concert once, right? And I did it once at Rock the Bells at, right after I got out of the Marine Corps. Once at at a fish concert. And, dude, I mean, I was such a fucking idiot for doing that. But, like, it was a miserable, miserable time. Because you weren't using the tool, right? Right. I wasn't using the tool correctly. And you hear about people having bad trips. You hear about people saying, you know, all these crazy things about these drugs. But they're things we've been using for thousands of years as human beings. Yeah. They're things we've, in tribal societies, have been using for thousands of years. Um, they're there for a purpose. The chemicals are there for a purpose. Right. We have receptors for them for a purpose. And that's why, um, you know, I, I completely changed my attitude about drugs. Okay, so you had this experience. Now, if let's say the next day, if you sat down with someone and they said, what did you learn? Because you, you seem very sure that it changed your fucking life, right? What, what would you say was the overall change? What changed you? And, and how, did, how did it change you? Own the humility, right? Own the humility. Own, own your story. Like, all the imperfections. And how were you not doing that before? I think I was really just trying to put forth this kind of thing, like, in the fitness industry you see all the time. Like, guys showing off their abs. Guys I got everything figured image. out. I got all this shit figured out. And, like, the reality is I fucking didn't. I didn't. I still don't. You know what I mean? And it's, it's okay. That's okay. I started jujitsu like shortly after that. Yeah. That, right. And one of the things about jujitsu is like when you walk in and you're a white belt, you expect to get your ass handed to you yeah. all the time. And so that's my attitude about life right now. I'm not going to be impatient to the point and say, "Oh, I've done all this shit. Why am I not? Why haven't I made it yet?" Yeah. It's like it's more like, well, I'm still learning every single day. And I'm still on this path, and I'm enjoying the journey. And that's kind of the message I've been trying to slam home to That to makes sense, people. man. Because yeah, it is. Yeah. We, we do go into situations with this preconceived notion, or you walk into a situation, you see a certain group of people that make you kind of shell up. Like I was saying, if you're in a group where you don't feel like yourself, instead of just being who the fuck you are, it's so hard to get to that point that you're saying. Like, to come in a room and tell a, a DMT story, just comfortable in your skin... 
it makes you relatable or it makes you vulnerable to a point where people can connect to that story, right? Right. When I, the, the only experience I've ever had with a psychedelic, I don't even know if it's considered a psychedelic, but MDMA, I was young and, and reckless at the time, but the one thing that I, that I saw, I don't know if I learned necessarily a lot, but when I took it, what it, what it did for me is it strips you of your ego. Right. It doesn't say I'm taking your ego or anything, but you, for like four hours, you live life without your fucking ego, your judgment, your insecurities. And I think that's why um, it's such a good feeling. Right. I don't even necessarily believe it's as, as much the drug as it is just like, here, I'm going to take that from you for a minute. And you are so comfortable in your skin. And they, people go, yeah, you go to a rave and everybody's hugging and everybody's friends. And I'm like, man, I wonder if that's just everyone's egos being ripped and you're not walking up to somebody. Because everybody you walk up to, you have this preconceived judgment. You're on guard. You're ju- you're, you know what I mean? You're gauging yeah. this person. That's why you have to take it if you're going to go to the swingers club. Oh, I, yeah. I, I, you got to strip it away because I can't walk around with this little dick of mine. <laughs> <laughs> but but if you're on if you're on MDMA, you don't you give a could. fuck. No, it's not that you don't care. It's just there's no. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I've I don't done know how to MDA explain it. They say, look, as it's as cute as a button. It's just like it is what it is. I don't know how to even explain it. There's a few misconceptions about MDMA and ecstasy and all that shit. And the thing, the number one misconception is that it makes you sexual. It doesn't make you sexual. No, comfortable. It makes you super comfortable. Yeah, makes you really friendly with everybody around you who's giving you love mm-hmm. and it makes you want to give love it makes you want to make you're other so open feel good. to people's yep. you you understand I'm like I've done it with a few different people and man you just connect and the connection that you have with the person that you did it lasts after oh yeah yeah because you guys are just so that's freaking, why you also have to be fucking careful yes with you, who do. you do it with. yeah it's very you true gotta be real careful because you could fucking do it with a chick or something like that yeah and you will have feelings for that person. yes yeah screw that the last thing i need is me and eric being best friends <laughs> <laughs> no you're so right dude because i did it with a with a friend of mine and it was just like that yeah. it, do, it could be someone that you're not attracted to in the least but you see each other for so who they. It's so hard to explain, yep. man. I don't even know. Uh, it's like shallow hell. Sounds like a horrible idea. Shallow hell. No, it, 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 it. That's the one thing that I learned from it, dude. Was just like how much ego just fucks men, especially. Like it just. It's so unnecessary. It, it I mean, just going back kills to that, everything. The, the military thing. That's military guys don't really like other people that aren't military because they don't get them. They don't understand. You don't understand me, so why am but I going to talk to you? the MDMA thing, if you both were doing it, you do... It's weird. Like, when someone's telling you a story, you're judging the story. You're judging their decision-making. They're judging how you're responding. When you're on MDMA, you just accept it for what it is, and you understand, yeah. and you have their perspective, and you go, oh, I, like we were talking about that cop earlier, yeah. dirty cops from Rampart, a story we told off the air, and you go, oh, what a piece of shit. And then you hear his story, and you right. go... Oh, shit. I could have done that, too. But that's one thing about the military, too. And the military, I think, does similar things to to what a lot of drugs do. Not, like, in a sinister, crazy way, but, like, the first thing that happens to you when you go into the Marine Corps or the Army or or any military service is they rip your ego apart, right? They take your ego away from you. Right. All your possessions are taken away from you. Your hair is taken away from you. Everything that makes you an individual. Right. Exactly. And, And all that stuff is taken away and then slowly built back up according to the system, right? And that, it's, it's not brainwashing, it's not anything, it's making you open for be, being taught, for, right. being, for being able to learn, and it's in your best interest. And, and that's a good, that's and a, I, I never... They, they force you to work as a team. Well, I was just gonna say... Because all the stupid little tasks, 
not everybody can do every task. So yeah. you need that guy. That guy does it the best out of all of us. So we're going to have him do it. But me, I can do that better than right. and you can. And if you're doing good, I'm doing if good. If we're all doing and helping, then we don't get our ass kicked at the end of the day. Well, not only that, I think, I think it does. I didn't even think about it until you said that, that when you're in boot camp or say you watch like a special on Bud's for the Navy SEALs and you're, you're, beating, you're beaten to within an inch of your life, right? You're in this vulnerable spot. It doesn't matter how big and bad and tough you are. You're going to be ground into the dirt and you're going to feel this big. And the people that you go through that with and come out the other side, you're going to have such a deep bond. And it may not even be going through that experience. It's seeing each other, like we just said, oh, stripped of every yep. bullshit thing that we have in front of us. Exactly. Right? And you know it sucks for everybody. Yeah. This sucks for you. Well, this I mean, sucks I mean, for me. If you're in your sixth day of hell week... You're so exposed. You don't even you, care. You're, you're, you're crying. You want to quit. You're, you have no facade up at all, and you're seeing each other with that, without all that bullshit around, and, you want, and yeah. that explains the deep connections that those guys have, right? After I got oh. out of Paris Island at boot camp, I mean, like, you're, you're talking for three months, you're talking in the third person, right? You don't say I. You say this recruit, this recruit. Oh, okay. Uh, I didn't know that. Request permission to use the head. This, this recruit, you know, all this stuff. I was thinking in the third person by the end of boot camp. Really right. thinking in the third person, and uh, you see that with um, with recruits who just get out of re recruit training and they'll head over to the school of infantry or something like yeah. that. And at first they're dumb, like because they they don't want to do anything without you know uh, without direction and things like that. It's in the MOS school that they get built back up. You know, they, it's in the, it's in the uh, school. Because I'll, I'll tell you, the thing is, everybody says the military wants robots. They don't want robots. They want decision makers. They want people who can lead themselves. They want yeah. people who can, who can be responsible for themselves. But, uh, but yeah, man, that relation to, to psychedelic, anything you do difficult in your life uh, can be a psychedelic experience. Yes, literally. And that's what that taught me. Like meditation, uh, martial arts, um, you know, Exercise in general. Do you do yoga too? No, I don't. I did it. I went to that one place out here, the yoga room. Yeah, yeah. That Never. fucking dude. He's got like, there's women like around the corner to get into his class. Yeah, yeah. And uh, freaking, I went in there, and I'm I'm actually pretty flexible for a dude. Back then, I was way bigger than I am now. And he was like, dude, you're pretty. Do, do you do yoga? Do we I need to get like, the no. doll out? Yeah, so you can show us where he touched you. <laughs> <laughs> but no, no, I mean, he's a, he seems like a good dude. I'm just saying the guy guy gets a lot of chicks that follow him. Yeah. A lot of them. So it's hard to get in there, you mean? Or yeah, just, yeah, yeah. They're, they're, it's, they're, they're like all lining up, trying to get close to the, trying to oh. get closer to him. Trying oh. to get I bet he's getting in easy. <laughs> <laughs> so that's crazy. Fast. So you're saying like everything that, that, that is difficult. I wonder, I, I didn't even really consider it until you started talking about the psychedelic thing, like, Anything that you're doing that's difficult is exposing. Right. Like you said, I when I go to jujitsu, dude, same thing, man. You you don't have a fucking chance in hell. Right. Right? So you're just like this vulnerable kid walking in, dude, going, Oh, I'm about to get my ass handed to me. So you can't have any facade up. There is no facade in that, right? No, no. There's you not can't. you can't fake it in there. Right. You right, know, exactly. it is what the fuck it is. So you're way more open to learn and right so, right right and it, it and it's that process of admitting that you're a white belt admitting that you're a beginner admitting that you're a novice admitting that you don't have it all figured out admitting that you still have shit that you need to learn and shit you need to work on but i never thought about that in terms of uh like everyday life you know what i mean no. like 
going into everything in your life with that white belt mentality is probably a better way to be. Exactly. I mean, like, and you think about the way people get with things. We get new routines, right? And right. some routines are good, right? They help you to ritualize certain things, like your, your, your morning meditation or something like that. Some rituals are, are bad because a lot of people, they'll come home, they'll, they'll hang their clothes up, they'll just get on the couch, friggin', you know, have a shitty dinner and then, you right. know, go to bed without any real self-reflection. But I think it, it's, it's about being present in your life and realizing and being grateful for the shit that you're learning, no matter what's going on. Like, people have gratitude practices. I try to find crappy things to be grateful for. Like, like what? Like, I'm grateful for the fact that I have ulcerative colitis because if I didn't have ulcerative colitis, I wouldn't have the expertise in nutrition I did. So then how do you affirm that? You said to be grateful. Like, how do you do that? Is that during meditation? Yeah, I'll write it down in my journal every morning. Oh. Hey, Mike. Hey, it sounds good. Look at you, buddy. We got yeah, a friend. We've been telling Mike how great <laughs> it is that he yeah. writes in a journal, dude. <laughs> you do a journal? He writes his feelings, though. It's yeah, weird. It's, it's, yeah, I do. I write in a journal. And he yells at, <laughs> yeah. he yells at little kids in his journal, too. Finally, <laughs> someone on my team. Stole someone my cookie. My <laughs> but so what yeah. about this meditation? How, how did you start getting into that? Is that the transcendental meditation? Or? No, man. Like, I'm not... I'm not into like the, 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 the super spiritual aspect of meditation or anything like that. Um, one of the things like, so I have a few different things that have worked for me. For some people, it's just you sit there, you analyze your breathing, or you, you just focus on your breathing. Yeah. That never worked for me, right? Uh, there's apps out there like the Headspace app. That's, that hasn't worked for me. That's not to say they're bad or anything like that. Um, I got two forms of meditation that have worked for me. Um, I'll tell you the first one. This fir first one's going to sound a little bit creepy, but... Masturbation. <laughs> that could be a form of... Like, that's actually more of, like, non-meditation. I'll talk about that in yeah. a second. But, like, the fucking... Um, uh, I, I meditate on my death every day. What do you mean? So I think about the moment of my death, what it's going to be like, who's going to be around me. What's the process of, of that thinking, though, like try when you're to, meditating? Trying to visualize Like, it. literally try to put yourself Being in that on moment. on my deathbed. Trying to be in that moment. Now, what got you to the point of wanting, like, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna think about my death today, and I'm gonna meditate. Yeah, what, on that. how did you did come? It, how did you come to that? About f five years ago, six years ago, when I was, um, was it the colitis? You're like, this no. shit's gonna kill me. No, well, yeah, I've been through a couple of times. So that, it was a fear of death that made you want to confront it. Well, it was like I was still trying to figure out what my life was gonna be like, and uh, toward the end of my time working on my PhD, I took a trip out to Greece. Um, I was. Sigma Phi Epsilon, the fraternity, yeah. they, they knew I um, had the background in political theory, so they said, hey, you want to lead philosophy discussions on this trip we do for the students? It's called the Tragos Quest to Greece. Because we need to get so, you out of the United States right now. <laughs> <laughs> so so uh, they, um, they, they brought me out there, and um, I got the trip paid for and everything like that. And, um, you know, I was going through a lot of shit at that point. I was like, do I really want to keep going with this PhD? Do I really want to be a professor? And um, one part of the trip, you go to Delphi. And uh, Delphi's the ancient site where they had the Pythian games and they had people used to come from all over the ancient world to visit the Oracle. Yeah. <clears throat> so we go down to Lower Delphi where the Oracle was. And you, you go there and it's fucking beautiful. I mean, like, it looks like California. You're up in the mountains. Um, and uh, there's nothing but, but rocks there. But that was like the fucking Disneyland of the ancient world. People used to come from everywhere. And so what got me at that point, I was, I was looking around and I said, 
you know, I'm, I'm looking at this place and I'm like all that's left of these people are these rocks. And we know a lot about the ancient Greeks, but we don't know a lot about the individual people who, who are living. We don't yeah. know about the, 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 the guy who was selling bread or the... Yeah, the, it's just the group. Yeah, you just know about the group, right? And you know about a few characters. So all those people, they, they were lost to history, right? Yeah. And so what happens there is like, you're looking at that and you're like, fuck, um, well, I'm probably going to be lost to history. Yeah. Right? And then I'm like, but wait a minute. So out of this massive universe, I'm just a fucking speck. So all of my, my, my worries, my pain, my fear, none of that fucking matters. No one's really going to give a shit about me when I'm dead. Right, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so why obsess true. on it? Why obsess on it? Why obsess on anything? And... Why not, if you're going to be here for a short period of time, why not make this life the best fucking life ever? Why not do anything you can to fucking enjoy this life? Yeah. Why worry about anything? Why would you spend five seconds just worrying about shit that doesn't fucking matter? And so that's, at that point, that's when I committed, to my, committed myself to doing things that I wanted to do in life. And Which was? Fitness, um, inspiring people, helping people, helping people to become the best versions of themselves. Yeah, you know, and that's 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 the 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 thing that's driven me ever since. And yeah, I fucked up a lot. I mean that that my, that marriage thing fucking almost ended me. My my ulcerative colitis is all almost ended me a couple of times. Um, I've I've fucked up my finances a shit ton. You know, I was probably the the worst business owner ever for a long period of time. But, um, you know, I keep trying and I keep going. I keep, 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 you know, putting my nose to the grindstone. And yeah. And that's what all the, all the people that end up, end up being really successful, like, like Joe Rogan or Aubrey Marcus or, yeah. they all say the same thing that, uh, that they, they don't, you don't just, they don't just start off as being fucking amazing. Have you ever seen that chart where it says what people think success looks like? And it's like this graph that goes like this, right. what it really looks like. And it's like, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it just I think I think uh, from what I take from those guys is they when they when they when they take a hit, they learn from it and then they get up. So okay, let's, yeah, let's it, it doesn't it doesn't going. direct their future. Right, say like probably uh, more than ninety percent of people they take that first hit and then they say okay, fuck oh that. fuck that, I'm not doing yeah. that anymore. Yeah, and Back that's to the safety. Thing. Yeah, you you don't fail until you give up. Yeah, you don't fail until. How to, do you keep that perspective day in and day out though? That's the tough part. You know what I it's mean? It's hard, and that's where meditation comes in, and that's exactly what I'm talking about. Meditate on your death every single day. And what does that do for you? What do you get out of that? Helps me to remember that I'm that not it's here coming. forever. That it's oh, coming. I see what you're saying. You know, I'm turning 40 next year. Fucking, you know, hopefully, you know, just under half my life is over. Yeah. Right? Um, if I'm lucky. And fucking helps you remember that every day is not given. Right? Right. You, 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 don't, you don't know what's going to happen next week. You don't know what's going to happen next month. So, oh, I see what you, what you said about the, that. That would make sense then. Meditating on the death, that would fucking Dude, keep it well, super fucking That's reminder. what I wanted to go back on. When you pictured yourself on your deathbed, was it because of fear of dying? That's what you were thinking about? Like, what's that day going to be like? Because I've done I think it was more acceptance. Yeah, because I do that sometimes. I picture myself, but it's not because of fear of death. It's, right. I think it's more the picture of the people that are in the room. Was it, was, Will they truly know that day? how much I cared about them. Right. Yeah. 
I, so yeah. I, I picture that day sometimes. Yeah. I or do think that about myself. the funeral and like. Not the funeral. I picture actually myself in a hospital. Like not like I'm gonna get yeah. hit by a car or something. But I picture myself in a hospital on my deathbed, and the people that are in the room. I just want to know that day comes. Will they truly know how much I love them? I know so, how much you love me, Mike. I know. I, well, I, know. I, <laughs> I, I think about that a lot too because I, yeah. I never knew my dad. And yes. Hey, Donnie! Another one. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, there go. I see what's going on. I see the connection. Yeah, the wall see? You guys are looking Let's at each other connect. across yeah. the table. Now it really starting to make sense. Yeah. 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 yeah it all makes sense now. Yeah, but like he, he died in a halfway house in 1997. I found that out, you know, freaking. How old were you when he bailed? Uh, I'd never seen a picture of him. Holy oh, shit. Just gone. Donnie's dad lives down the street. <laughs> <laughs> and he said he's still never seen a picture you, of him. Have you ever met your dad? <laughs> yeah, I met him, but yeah. he, he was gone. Was it a good experience or no, a bad experience? No, it was bad. Yeah. Yeah. And that's so that's another thing that you're talking about, like the ble- being grateful for the bad. Yeah. Because I think it's more negative, the interactions that I had with him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So a lot of times when you hear someone's dad bailed or a mom bailed or something, it, it could be a blessing in a lot of ways. You know what I mean? Because that negative impact in your life would be fucking awful, right? right. Exactly. And I, the, 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 I say the one lesson he ever gave me as a father was not to be like him. Yeah. Not to fucking be on your deathbed, not having anyone that loves you around exactly. you. Exactly. Not having anybody care about you. Yeah. You know, and that's... That's the crazy part as my dad now is in his 50s, not has nobody his mom who he lived with forever just passed away and he has nothing i mean not a friend not a nothing and and you still feel empathy for that you know what i mean but you know if you open that door dude it's just a whole bunch of crazy coming but it's like god damn dude that would suck to be at the end of that road on the death picturing the deathbed right and there's nobody around yeah but usually those people brought it upon themselves they suck that's why well that's why i think you think about like there's a reason why there's no one around that's what i mean so you gotta focus on that yeah exactly that's why i have to come here every week because no one else is around me (laughs) (laughs) you guys have to be here you gotta think it's easy to fall into that it's easier to fall into that than you think because he probably didn't when he was a kid he probably didn't grow up thinking that was going to be an asshole of a father. Right. (laughs) And when you look at people as a child, you think that that guy was a fucking just a regular dude when he was a younger guy. Where the fuck did it go? You know, it starts with a compromise. Right. It starts with one compromise and then it starts with another compromise. And then those compromises turn into excuses. That's what it is right there. It's just fucking. Well, and some of it can be learned behavior. Yeah, you just, you know what I mean? You just nailed it though. It's the excuse for shitty behavior just compounded over years and years. And you see it now, and you're like 50-something years old, and you're still saying the same. Like, the dude needs a DMT trip, dude. Like, yeah. you're like, God, can't you? You just want to, like, show it to him so he can fix it. But it's like, nah, you just can't, you can't help certain people. You know what yeah. I mean? Instead, we just TP his house. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> fucking egg that motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> but, but that's why I'm adamant about things being my fault. Yes. That's why I'm adamant about... Even if you're wrong, problems. it Even still that, helps. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Because otherwise... You, you turn it into like, oh, the world's against me. That's or, what oh, he the is. The universe hates me. Oh, oh, every, every, everything that bad. That boss was a dick and that he fucking let me go and was unru- wasn't deserved. And oh, my wife fucking left me because, of, and you're yep. like, dude, come on, man. You don't have anybody. Like, look around. Come on, wake the fuck up, you know? Yeah. That's a tough one, man. So, how did you cope with that growing up? You know, my mom was, she was good. Um, 
you know, she she worked three jobs yeah. to, to friggin' uh, put me and my sister, you know, through our childhoods. And, um, you know, she we, we're an Italian. I, my last name is my dad's, but we're an Italian, like, immigrant family. Her last name was Palmatessa. She hated the last name. I think Palmatessa's a fucking cool ass That's name. badass. Sounds yeah, cool. Palmatessa. Yeah. Forget about it. I mean, kind of wanted to change it. But, like, yeah. I don't know. Albert's just kind of part of it. But she... Um, you know, I didn't have somebody to teach me how to do sports or some shit. Yeah. You know, I didn't have anybody. Isn't it weird? Like, we'll be in this room, and everybody's talking about shit, and I'll be like, what? Donnie, and they're like, Donnie. duh. You know, like, the little stuff that you didn't ever, ever even realize. Right. Like the father-son picnic, three-legged race. <laughs> yeah. Right, right, right. That kind of, I mean, like, but, like, I, didn't, I couldn't throw a baseball straight. Yeah. Right? I was born with you, cord wrapped throw? around my neck, too, so I have, like. Donnie, a baseball is this white little thing has red. Oh, is that oh, what that is? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But, like, it, you know, it is a little shit like that. Like, yeah. you know, I, when I went to – I was so bad when I went to Little League practice uh, the second year that I played Little League, the kids started screaming and crying because I showed up for practice. Oh, That's how bad fuck. I was. Uh, did, you get, did you get splinters in your ass from riding the bench? Dude, it was hor- – I mean, that and I was picking dandelions out in deep right field. <laughs> yeah, Because exactly. you didn't give a fuck about it, huh? <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I really didn't. Um, and But the thing was, that was hard for me, but – you know, a it lot of times character, it though. built character. It made me work really fucking hard. Because my mom, when I started turning in, into my teenage years, my mom was like, you got to be strong. You got to figure out what you're going to do. Yeah. So she literally, she handed me $20. She sent me to the local gym. She said, hey, go learn how to lift weights because you're going to try out for football next year. I was like, try out for football? Uh, and she was like, yeah, you're trying out for football. Sure. Mom, that sounds like a horrible she's like, idea. Yeah. Yeah. She'll throw the dandelions down. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Pick up some so, weights. Yeah. So go put a helmet on. Yeah. And then the first day of football practice, she literally fucking drove me to the freaking thing and drove me to the field. She kicked me out of the car, sped off, made me try out. And so I got, I got on the football team. And honestly, it was the best because I don't think I would have ever joined the Marine Corps. I would have never gone to college. Yeah. I would have mm-hmm. done anything with my life All just from not made me do that. Just from that one day, her kicking you out of the car. Yep. Because you would have never had the balls. Because that's, that's the biggest thing without the dad thing is having your dad next to you to walk you up. So you have a little bit of confidence. You know what I mean? Right. In, the, in all those weird little moments, right? Right. Where you walk in, oh, that's my dad. You know what I mean? Yep. You see guys that do that? Yep. When you don't have it, everything is walking up with that. Oh fuck! You know what I mean? Yeah. Do, am I supposed to? My mom right? just fucking dropped me off in yeah, football practice. Yeah. That's what I do if I uh, at work. If I have like an intimidating client, I will get my dad. <laughs> I say, Dad, come with me. I need. I, and he I need, say, he's I need some say, legitimacy. He says, I might be an old man, and my shoulders are hurt, but I'll knock a motherfucker out at least in my head. You know? Yeah. I mean, like, and and that I think that happened. Did you get a lot of like, you know, uh, imposter syndrome when you were growing up? Or? What is that? Imposter syndromes where you you try to be like everybody else's dad. No, no, no. It's like it's like you're you're um, you don't feel like you belong. Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. Or you try to connect with everybody else's dad. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Your dad's cool. By yeah. just jumping on them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, their dads are picking kids up from school. You're just hopping in the car. I'm like, hey, oh. <laughs> hey, dad. Yep. Yeah. Will you be my dad? <laughs> yeah, you do. You do. You definitely do. Yeah. There's something about the dominant male in your life. That gives you an extra little bit of confidence that yeah. to, I, to go into unsure situations. Yeah. I notice it with my son. Yeah. No, absolutely. I had my gra- my grandfather was good. I mean, mine you know, too. Yeah. He was a crazy old Italian man. Uh, yeah. Used to drink a shit ton. Yeah. But but he was good to go. He taught me how to fish. That kind. Isn't of it weird though? Like that that still 
my grandpa was solid as shit too. Mm-hmm. Greatest guy ever. But it still doesn't have that uh, that dad Not thing. Enough. Right. It's weird because right. you you were close with your grandpa too. Exactly. And but it doesn't have that. It's a weird. It doesn't give you that extra whatever that extra thing is. Yeah. No, it's fucking. Yeah, I don't know what you guys are talking. Yeah, about. I know. Yeah. I love. I love that they're all. I'm like, like what? Confused. <laughs> like, is I'm Josh confused. missing the dad too? Oh yeah, dude. Yeah. Josh totally. His dad. Uh, they all make sense now, dude. <laughs> exactly. Damn, that is crazy, man. Holy shit. So, what about any other psychedelics that you did? Uh, psilocybin, fucking crazy. Ah, uh, who is it? It's your old man. Oh, okay. oh, Papa Welch pass. gets a pass. That's a pass. <laughs> <laughs> Eric will pay for it. Hey, you know what's funny? Where's everyone, the loves, everyone loves the fuck out of my dad, but hates me. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's got to suck in the family. <laughs> Not everybody can be this cool. This story of my life, right? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, psilocybin was... Uh, psilocybin's a weird one, because you take a low dose of it, you do, like, micro, they're doing a lot of microdosing yeah. right now. It'll make you a little bit more alert, a little more social. If you... If you I heard that helps your vision as well. It does. It does big yeah. time. Really? It can really, really help. You know, um, um, one of the guys that uh, works out at the Barbell Club, um, Big Ben, he's part of our show all the time and around. He's one of my good buddies. There's a guy that they have that um, is microdosed, like, so they're grinding up the psilocybin into a powder and then putting a bunch of different um, nutrients, like, nutrients into it yep. to microdose that. And uh, so Ben was trying it. This guy said, hey, try this out, you know. And so he said all of a sudden he's using big words and shit he never used before. It's like opening his mind. Oh, yeah. And his girlfriend goes, uh, shut the fuck up. Why are you saying all these big words? Like, she was, like, notices it right away. And then when I went and signed up over the barbell club, he's like, well, I've been in there before, but he's walking me around. And he goes, uh, yeah, he's like, this is where all the power lifters go, and this is all their accoutrement. And he said, <laughs> I swear to God. And I just started laughing. I said, did you just say accoutrement? He goes, yeah. And I'm like, where'd you, where'd that come from? He says, I don't know. The, mushroom, the mushrooms gave it to him, man. <laughs> Fucking just got a word in the my head. App. Holy shit. So you did it. You did the the hero dose with the fish concert, yeah, yeah. bad experience. So when did you come back around to use it as a tool? So um, I had some friends who made some chocolates, right? Yeah. That, that they'll, you know, they'll break off slivers and we'll just have wicked awesome conversations. And like, it's not like something I do right now every single day. Yeah. Um, is that a, is that a big dose where you're tripping balls or is that a, so mellow. no, the, the 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 heroic dose is something like you don't want to mess with right. on the day you gotta work. Right, <laughs> right, right. Like, but uh, but you know, just um, you're you you're not tripping balls. It's kind of like, I don't know what the, it's kind of like, you're at the beginning of um, like an opiate high, but not really. It's not you're not feeling the opiates or anything Ding. like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, you're just kind of feeling like a little bit more alert. Yeah. The colors are different. You're noticing things a little bit more. Did you just kind of open your mind a little bit? Yeah, yeah. I, and I mean, like, it's kind of like a nootropic, I guess. Yeah. Um, that's, so, so that's a microdose? Yeah. Lately, I've been taking Kratom. Uh, oh, dude, I've been, this is the one I was, I, I've been trying to get, one of, my, one of my really good friends, probably one of my best friends, is probably one of the hardest workers I've ever known. Great job. Always been like jujitsu, skydiver. He's kind of like Donald Cowboy Cerrone, mm-hmm. dude. One of that guy that just careless, fucking great dude. Well, he had a back surgery and got really bad onto pills. Opiates, yeah. Well, dude, I'm just watching from a distance. We don't hang out as much as we used to, and I've just been watching like the, the decline. It looks like he's aged 20 years yep. in the last five. He just got his house repossessed. Guy's making Jesus 400 a year. That's nice. And... And a friend of mine told me that he's spending 2200 bucks a week 
on pills. Yeah, dude. Holy it's shit. It's fucking sick, man. And I was trying to find... I couldn't remember the name of it. No, I've never heard of it. What it's is, called Kratom or Kratom? I heard it called Kratom, but... It's Kratom. You might have seen I took. I took a couple of pills just before the show. Yeah. Um, and so you can get it from, if you go to, like, Cali Botanicals. Um, Where's that at? No, they're, they're online. Oh, Cali okay. Botanicals. And it's legit. So what yeah, is it? It's, dude, it's legal. I have a hard time believing, with no, with no knowledge of it, that it is, like, an opiate type of high mm-hmm. without a come down, without a negative side effect. Yeah. So you can take it now and then tomorrow not take it, and you don't feel anything. No. Now, why did you take it before the show? So uh, deal with you, Eric. Well, think about, dude. Think about taking a couple of Norcos without a come down, and just right. being like, think hey, about the. Conver- hey guys, what's up? The yeah. conversation. Yeah, it's like mental energy. Shit yeah, like totally. That. Yeah. And really, there's no downside. There, I mean, they say there, there's some people who say there's downsides to it. There's some people who say like you could overdose, and probably there is an LD50 on it, but it's not something that embeds itself into your DNA like an opiate. Yeah. Um, and I've, I've fucked around with opiates before yeah me too mistake right yeah like and and those things like once you're addicted to them they're in your dna yes and if you feel that opiate effect again it's a switch again that's what i tell everybody dude like i I, i've gone through it i went through it 10 years ago hard heavy 40 50 norcos a day and i had got clean a couple times and dude i'm not kidding you like it would be that thing you're talking about like oh i'll take a vicodin and it was like after getting clean Boom, and it's yep. like a fucking switch. Starts up again. Dude, but 50 fucking miles an hour. It's not like an ease into. It's You're going harder than you well, did before. Well, that's how people OD all the time. Yeah, exactly. exactly. I'm, I just lost one of my best friends in the world uh, about two months ago. Opiate uh, overdose? Opiate, uh, heroin overdose. He was on, he, he started Oxies to that? Um, the way he started, he was doing those fentanyl patches. Yeah, that's what my buddy's doing fucking, too. They were... They were psychos. They, it's my buddy back in Connecticut. He used to stay, stick a patch in the bottle of a squeeze bottle. Then you take lotion and stick that in there. And then they stick it in the microwave for 30 seconds or something. I start sniffing it. And fucking, Fuck. they would sniff it all night long. And fucking, uh, you know, back, the thing is, I grew up around. Disclaimer, don't try that don't at home. Don't do that. Yeah, don't do any opiates, yeah. man. It's all bad. I, I grew up around that shit. Like, so, like, all that stuff was, like, fucking, you know, normal to me. Yeah. And so when I'm around people, and that's something I started to realize about my life, like, the people I was bringing into my life constantly had the same kind of characteristics. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, like, it was just fucking stupid. But this guy, man, he left, he was 30, 38 years old, had a wife, had three little kids, uh, friggin', like, and had the world ahead of him. Awesome yeah. job, everything. See, that's my buddy, man. My buddy's like, used to, when I was going through all my shit back then, this was the guy that lived with me that fucking helped me get clean. Yeah. yeah we, me and my dad actually just recently saw a guy overdose on fentanyl. Really? And we, we just... Uh, no, it was close. We didn't show up. So we were just happy to be there uh, for another reason. I just don't want to give too many details, but... They hit him with having, the Narcan? Yeah, so we just get there... And uh, it looked like he was laying on the ground, like he had passed, like he fell, passed out. And you know when someone gets knocked out and they're they're snoring that way, yes. his arms were like behind him and his face was in the concrete and he was kind of hunched, like his ass was in there, like he got not punched, knocked yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. And uh, his buddy was there sitting in a chair, just fucking hammered next to him. And uh, on the same shit. Yeah, they're both just sitting there, and we're like, what the fuck? What? The? And then we realized that this isn't good. And uh, Jenna Chris was there too. Jenna Chris rolls him over and he's purple and foaming at the mouth and he stops breathing right when, right then. Oh, fuck. So uh, we called 911. My dad's holding him up, trying to get him, getting him to breathe again. 
and uh, he slowly, slowly comes to. Um, and so this is him. His, uh, the guy that he was with does it all the time. He never tried it before. He just did it. He had no idea. So then he has his friend sitting next to him watching him fucking die, but he's so fucked up. He, he can't, can't do, do anything. anything. Anybody see that article on Facebook with the 76 people OD'd on fentanyl in a park? No, that was uh, K2. Yeah, was oh, K2, K2 like, yeah, laced with America, fentanyl. Yeah, yeah K2. Yeah, K2 what, laced what with that? fentanyl. They old, it's uh, synthetic spice. Synthetic uh, marijuana. Synthetic. So yeah. how did 72 people do it? They, they were, that's where the dealer was. Yeah. Oh, so they were all users. Oh, okay. It yeah. wasn't like it was, something that was no, airborne. In New Haven, Connecticut, and then they had, um, that happened all at the same time in New Haven, Connecticut, and then they had it happen over in uh, Central Park. Friggin' all over, Fuck. like just fucking. Yeah, see, this time. fentanyl shit wasn't around when I was doing it, dude. Yeah. And my buddy, the one that's, that's looped out right now, last time I saw him, he took his shirt off, dude, and he had these little patches all over him. Yep. Like seven of them. And then, yeah, they were whatever the yeah, fuck that shit it's is. Fucking, it's fucking, it's awful. So man. then the Kratom, dude, um, I heard that it has a really good success rate with opiate addiction, right? Right. They use it in, in Thailand, or they were using it in Thailand to pull people off of opiates, right? Yeah. And I, uh, like I said, I'd screwed around with pills um, in the past. I've had issues with that. It was part of, like, all the stuff I was trying to overcome. Yeah. I got to the point where, like, I was, I, I started making homemade opium out of, uh, out of. Damn. Uh, went deep. It's easy to do it. Really? Like you go to you go to fucking Staters and you get a pound of poppy seeds or two pounds of poppy seeds, and I'm not going to say the whole recipe because it's really easy to do. Yeah, and it works. Yeah. So there is opiates in poppy seeds. Yes, you can, that's you can not test bullshit. For I'm, it, I'm, no, no, yeah, I'm not bullshitting you. Wow. You can. You can it's. So more, you extract it's it. It's more powerful than any Norco or anything like that that I ever took. Um, if you do that, and, and if you go into like you notice a lot of the poppy seeds missing from the baking aisle, that's why. Wow, um, it's freaking! It's actually very, very easy to do. Holy but shit! Fucking, um, uh, you know what? I was, I wanted to try it out just because I heard of like the energy giving properties yeah. and things like that. So, started doing it, and um, I would take low doses, and I still take low doses. And the thing that I, I really think that 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 slammed it home for me is I forgot to take it one day right and like when you forget to you don't forget to take an opiate no it's on a schedule you're planning that yeah the whole day yeah it's your life and everything else just happens yeah exactly Exactly. so so I forgot to take it I forgot I I, I've forgotten to take it so it's not like you're like oh fuck it's you're not like oh fuck yeah goddamn kratom you know yeah yeah some people might and I don't want to say put it out there and say it's 100% safe or anything like that but it is legal and and it's a lot harder to overdose on it. And, and so my, my philosophy, I'm a classic conservative uh, um, libertarian. Yeah. Like, I, I believe that, that, like, drugs should be legalized. Yeah. And we should be, rather than fucking put people in jail because of drugs or fucking, you know, making more and more drugs illegal, we need to find safer ways for people to do them so that they're not fucking dropping dead and shit like that. Put the money into recovery rather yeah. than exactly. prosecuting. You got a you got a song, Josh. So where 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 do where can people find you, dude? So uh, my main website's up at uh, www.warriorsoulagoji. Hey, and he's got badass com. shirts. Warrior Soul Agoji. A-G-O-G-I'm, I'm wearing one right com. now. Ag. Yeah, wearing my board in the bar, seventeen seventy five shirt. What's your Instagram? <laughs> uh, it's Warrior Soul Agoji, and it's uh, A G O G E. Warrior okay. Soul Agoji. YouTube, same. Uh, yep. And are you still oh, taking? Uh, do you do online clients and too for all your yeah? I, s- I still do online clients. I'm starting a new membership site because like I'm, I'm expensive for like a lot of the freaking one-on-one coaching and yeah. that shit like that. But 
I'm starting a new membership site, and that's all going to be available up there. It's up there on the, on the website. And um, basically, it takes people through diet, takes people through, um, uh, you know, the workouts. I have all the workouts I've ever created for yeah. a bunch of my athletes up there. I have, um, you know, a, a bunch of, uh, um, like, information about nutrition, testosterone optimization, digestion optimization, because a lot of people don't know this. If your digestive system gets fucked, your, your testosterone is going to plummet. Really? Um, and friggin', uh, yeah, all types of stuff up there. Um, that's only going to be like twenty four ninety nine a month. So oh sweet, uh, um, that's probably and they can just get the information there, yep. get a membership, yep. and then yep. you're updating that constantly. Yep, exactly. And it's uh, I'm doing live calls each week where people can talk to me up front, and, uh, like face to face over the over the Zoom. Um, so I do that stuff. I teach people about a lot of different things on my YouTube channel. Yeah, there's tons and tons of free content out there like that that I put out there. So, dude, I find I. I Appreciate you coming on, man. I find your story super oh, yeah. inspiring and awesome. And he's oh, got thanks, a new man. supplement that he's working on too. Right? Oh yeah, I just I just licensed a patent from Brigham Young University. Yeah, so, uh, we're, we're the Mormons. Yeah. <laughs> yep. 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 I want to thank the the. They're no longer the Mormons. You know, they stopped calling themselves Mormons. Oh, did they? They're now now the uh, the Church or the Church of Latter Day Saints. Really? But um, yeah, it's a patent for a ketone supplement. It's going to be a ketone. Awesome. With a, I mean, is that coming out soon? Uh, should be out in the next year. We're still working. Cool. On we'll that. have to have you come back on. Dude. Oh, definitely. Thank you so much for coming on, man. Yeah, dude. That Thank was a great, so much for great, me. great interview, dude. That was, was cool. Shout outs. Hey, Al. Thanks for showing up to that live show and everyone yeah. who showed up at that live show for support. Hey, I'm I appreciate it. Shout out, Steezy, dude. Yeah, Steezy yeah. gets the uh, the two thumbs up. Hey, are we room. gonna hold off on the next one, the announcement, or just chill? And yeah, yeah. Let's okay. Get the date first. We got we something got a, cooking. We got a big one cooking. We got something cooking. We got shout outs, Mikey. I mean, uh, Jerry. Yeah, yeah, Jerry's <laughs> dumbass for not being here. Yeah, that was Jerry's brother. <laughs> yeah, in the studio. No wonder he looked better. Follow us yes. on NGC at NGC Podcast, at Eric underscore Welsh underscore DIY, at Comedian underscore Mike, at Tattoo Donnie. Mike Baker 0716. At Instagram. Mike Baker 0716. Yep. At NGC Jerry, at Lark underscore Inc. Thank you so much for coming. Hey, what celebrity do you get that you look like? WWE. Uh, not W. I get dude Adam Levine all the time. You well, that's not a bad oh, one. Yeah. You are He's a pretty dude. dude. CM Punk, bro. Oh Jesus! CM, CM Punk. I swear to God, the whole interview, dude. I'm thinking, who does this guy sound yeah, like? Yeah, you give a phone like? under the table, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you look so much like him, and you talk like him, dude. I was wondering what you're doing with your feet. Oh, I know. I was like <laughs> grinding on the chair and shit. Shout out to Papa Welch for coming back. Yeah. So yeah, we got a. What do we got? Oh, next week, Gary Winkle Smith. Top 100 defense attorneys in the country will be in studio. And Gay Bassett will be back in a couple weeks. Ooh. So we will be back next. Gary, wear your purple pants. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we'll be back next week. Peace. Peace. And I still got love for the streets. It's the I'm representing for the gangsters all across the world. Still hitting them corners in them lolos, girl. Still taking my time to perfect the beat. And I still got love for the streets. It's the DRE. It ain't nothing but Mohawk shit. Another classic CD for y'all to vibe with. Whether you're cooling on the corner with your fly bitch. Yeah, Lay back in the shack. Play this track. I'm representing for the gangsters all across the world. Still hitting them corners in them lolos, girl. I'll break your neck. Damn near put your face in your lap Niggas try to be the king But the ace is back So if you ain't up on things Dr. Dre be the name Still running the game Still got it wrapped like a mummy 
still ain't tripping. Love to see young blacks get money. Spend time out the hood. Take their moms out the hood. Hit my boys off with jobs. No more living hard. Barbecues every day. Driving fancy cars. Still gonna get my regards. I'm representing for the gangsters all across the world. Still. Hitting them counters and them lolos, girl. Still. Taking my time to perfect the beat. And I still got love for the streets. It's the D.I.A. I'm representing for the gangsters all across the world. Still. Hitting them counters and them Before we even go there, man, does everybody, how does everybody like the beer, man? Fucking Whoa. good. Great, great, Get great louder. beer. Very hospitable. Is that NGC beer in there still? No, it's out. That's it's right. Empty. It's sold out. Thank you. Sold out. Okay. Last wait time. a minute. Wait a minute. Wait What's a minute. What's that? Doing a little talking here. We might have a... Oh, someone left it on the that. table. I'm sorry about that. I had to get. I tried. Well, I tried to get rid of it, but. <laughs> so, there's a little bit of a of a reveal tonight. Um, are you guys ready for this, Jerry? What's that reveal? What you got? Well, in a little bit of talk. I don't know if I had some inside information or where I learned about this, but the guys from our brew, our gracious, gracious hosts. Very gracious. They got some big fucking news, and I don't know if everybody knows. So, so we've been doing the Are we ready for this? These guys have been doing the backyard brew for quite a while. Backyard brew. The our brew. It's not just a backyard brew, no. it's our brew. It's, it's our, our brew. It's our, our brew. Means everybody, right? That's right. What's that announcement? Oh, hold oh, on, he, hold on. Let's give him some of that. Get him fired let's, up. Let's figure out let's just figure out who the fuck we've got here because there's a lot of people here that have listened to the podcast that are here that maybe caught your guys' show, but they don't exactly know what's going on. So please. Introduce yourselves. Uh, you're on yellow. You're on magic. You got to get up on them mics and uh, lay it out. Pretend lay it out. it's a dick. Here we go, guys. Right, right. Go ahead, Larry. Uh, yeah, I'm Larry. Uh, this is my house. Hey, welcome, everyone. Larry. <laughs> Whoa. We love Larry. Welcome to Larry's house. Larry, you make Every, some awesome Everybody's beer. getting fucked up because of Larry. Stay yes. off the fucking grass. Stay off the fucking grass. <laughs> 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 
Hey, and fuck Larry's neighbors. <laughs> oh, hey, 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 hey. No, we no, love no. Larry's there, there neighbors. Might be, there, might, there might be oh, a couple of them. Get that pool ready. We're all coming in there. Yeah, in the yard. Fuck, fuck everyone to the south. <laughs> <laughs> North, you're cool. Who else we got up there, Jay? So, I'm John. John! Shout out to John, another owner of the Raw Brew. I started, this, I started this about seven years ago in a garage in San Bernardino. Burdu. And now we're the here. The Dirty Dino. Uh, seven, so you got seven go. years into this? We yeah, got seven, seven years. Seven years of homebrew. Let's talk about uh, what you guys did up north uh, a month ago. You yeah. guys had, yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys had yeah. a... Uh, yeah. Last time you guys came on the show, you talked about a big competition. You had a competition going on. You had a national competition that your beer was in. Yeah. What happened? We lost. Uh, wait, it was the fix. And, was wait, every, everybody didn't get a trophy. No, no, it's not one of those. Not little. And league. and by yeah. lost meaning you didn't get first place. We didn't yeah. place. Yeah, so well, I'm sure we came in second. Yeah, the guy that beat us in the regionals, he got first place. We got second. He made second place in finals, so that kind of puts us in fifth or sixth. So you're right there. Which beer did you enter? Third. Uh, the mango chili. Mango, mango chili. chili. Who likes that mango easy. chili? Everybody getting on that mango chili tonight? Cool. All right, so. But what did you guys get out of it? You got to go visit a couple other breweries. You got to go check in with some other people. Hey, Sammy, man. So, from what I remember, (laughs) (laughs) it was a great time. Portland's amazing. I don't know how many has been out to Portland. Go to Portland. But uh, there's a brewery out there called Great Notion that we're giving a huge shout out to. They took care of us. Great Notion. Great Notion. In Portland, it's off the beaten path, but it's amazing. It's one of those breweries that you'll never forget. And every time you go back, you make a special trip to go there. That's awesome, man. So what's the big announcement, Jerry? All right. So I can't. I can't wait. John, Larry, what? (laughs) Jerry. (laughs) Fucking Jerry. (laughs) I don't give a fuck. I don't know why I know this. But I got it. What's kind of a big announcement? Steezy, go find a place to park that big fucking ass. Thank you. Thanks, buddy. Cheers, What's the announcement? It's not here. No, no, it's not here. It's somewhere over by the fence in the corner. Jerry, what's that announcement? What's the announcement? Hit us with it, guys. What's going on over there? Do the honors. So we're looking at a spot. I think we got one just like uh, right in Mentone. Mentone! Yeah! Holy shit. Wait, so you guys so, have a building where I'm from, where Steezy's the mayor. We got the mayor of Mentone here. He's right here. We got so the Mentone mayor right here. Jay. Do you think the Mayor Mentone can put words together at this moment in time? I don't know. We could try it out. Let's try it out. at all. We don't have to go to the courthouse and get permits. We got the Mentone Mayor here. Steezy, the Mentone Mayor, what are your concerns with them opening their brewery in Mentone? No, the answer is none, Steezy. Say none. Drop the mic. Get the fuck out of here. Fuck Jerry. He touched his little... Fuck Jerry. Okay. I don't think you guys are going to have a problem opening yeah. the brewery. I don't think so either. <laughs> okay. Okay. No, hey, okay. but real talk. Hey, okay. Talk. Right. Eric, take so, that from <laughs> So John and Larry. He can't even put the words together. Now, without, without dropping too much, we, we think we've got a spot. We think we've got a place where... Or you guys are going to be able to play some fucking roots and put some stuff down. Where are we going to go from here? What are we going to do? Where are we, we going to go? With a, with a Mentone label, with a Mentone stamp, with some Mentone mayor approval. What are we going to do from here? Hey, I, you know what I think? I think they're going to be bigger than Hangar 24. Yeah, my man. There I it th- is. I, th- I think right. these guys are going to make Hangar 24 their bitch. <laughs> are, uh, are you... Can... 
can we leak a little bit? Are we on the boulevard? Are we... Are, we're we're, we're up we by Mint Zone Elementary, bro. That's my old stomping grounds. Yeah, it's a, Don't be a hater, dude. Mint Elementary, yeah. That's right. So you go on Mint Zone Boulevard, make a left. We're from the beach over here. We are veterans. So Mentone Beach. Yes, right, Mentone Beach. Mentone Beach, our Did brew. know there was a beach? Yeah. First of all, dude, we want to thank you guys for having us. Our brew. Follow you guys on what? On Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Snapchat, all of it. What, what's your handle on Instagram? At our brew? At our brew on Instagram. All right, big round of applause for the guys from Our Brew for hosting us, making the NGC beer. Yeah. All right, let's throw it out to everybody else. We got DJ Jerry Boy. He's about to break it. Hey, stuff Jay, you better give us some 6-9. We need some 6 Hey, play some 6 9 Eric. He's been wanting that all night. We are going to close the show with 6-9. Anybody that's out here dancing is going to get a shirt. A hat, whatever we got left. Whatever we got left. And then we are going to end it with that. We got some shit Let's do some shout-outs before we do it. Shout-outs. Ladies and gentlemen, please let it be known that the number one listener of all time, Miss Lara Costello, and her... Oh! And, and, and the point one, the point one... Katrina, Sigurd. Yeah. Also here. Shout out to Alan. Shout out to Little Trin. Shout out to Aaron Matheus, Lady Katrina. To Jaegerman, whose wife wouldn't let him come here today. Yeah, Jaegerman's wife would not let him come. At, at NGC Podcast on Instagram. At Eric underscore Welsh underscore DIY. At NGC Jerry. At Tattoo Donnie. At Comedian underscore Mike. Yeah, we look at chips. Who wants to get out here and dance to this? DJ, 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 DJ